0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for June 13th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brian Perkins. I'm Daniel Victoria.
1: And uh, I'm Filippo D'Nolfo. Um I'm here.
0: Yeah. yeah. Phil's yeah. here for a special podcast, the uh, longest list we've ever had. Uh, yeah. Reaching into three pages here on our show notes uh, because oh, it's me three.
2: Yeah. D3, Sort of. It's the first day of E3. And, uh,
0: uh it's E3 and Summer Games Fest going on. We've had four shows we've covered so far, or five. Mm-hmm. Four? One, two, One, three, 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 four. four five.
2: five. Yeah, five. five. Uh, it's been
0: enough that I forgot how many we there were. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we and there's been more. I haven't watched all of them because uh, I got Too much. not enough time for that. Yeah. Uh, but I've dipped into some of them, but we won't be covering the stuff outside of what's in here just yet. I'll throw probably highlight stuff in next week's show, which will have everything that's streamed on Monday and Tuesday. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. As well as all the rest of the shit that fell through the cracks here. Uh, but if you're looking at the show notes uh, on the Smashpad site, uh, it is largely everything that got announced dated uh Things are just like, uh, here's an update for an existing game, unless it's something super noteworthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I probably don't have it on here. Mm. Because I had to cut the line somewhere. Mm. Otherwise, it'd be a lot of super not interesting stuff. Yeah. At least for discussion's sake. And we won't be covering every single little thing that's on this list.
2: Yeah. Um, Otherwise, we would never be able to finish this. because. So
0: we're going to go through the shows. We're going to talk about what we like and didn't like about them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. games that are particularly interesting for us. Uh, And then uh, you can deal with the rest Mm -hmm. here. So that'll be fun. But before we get to that, we'll talk about what we've been playing because along with uh, E3 and all this happening, uh, a bunch of games have been coming out Mm -hmm. of note, especially on the PS5 because they decided to say, hey, let's put three big uh, PS5 games out in one week. Yeah. Uh, Two of which get new content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, you have to work harder, Brandon. Get the Mm -hmm. pour yourself up the bootstraps to get a PS5. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you'll get. I don't don't
1: think the money is really the problem. I think it's actually just the finding one.
2: Yeah, I could find a scalper and I don't know rob their houses, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's much work. then you're never going to get one with that attitude.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's what we've been doing here. Uh, but yeah. I will start here. With what we've been playing. I think we will hold uh, this one. Dan Ripley and I can talk about that uh, a little bit more after the set here. Cause it's the big new release mm-hmm. uh, for the week. Uh, but uh, besides Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. I got a PS5, and Xbox Series X and S release. Uh it's a very bare bones port. They didn't uh-huh. go through and like polish up the game, fix any of those weird little bugs, but I don't think there's any super terrible bugs in this uh, uh-huh. version as of this point. Uh it's a lot of bugs where it's like, you know, you kinda randomly sink a bit. I'm I'm in the the Dark Souls tradition of a swamp area. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That looks very ugly and all that. Um uh, I mean, yeah. that part of the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh with spiders and other icky things. Uh so that's kind of the, the fun bit, but occasionally he just kind of sinks uh through uh a good bit so he's like waist deep in the swamp even though it's not that deep. Or he does it through in rock. Or he goes like knee deep in solid rock. Like, okay, whatever. Mm. Maybe this plan is just weird canonically, but uh otherwise it loads a bit faster. Uh, nothing too amazing for when i timed uh just getting to uh from you know dashboard to in the game was like a one minute twenty two seconds on the p s four version playing mm-hmm. on p s five uh the native p s five version was like one oh nine uh, a little bit better but the weird way the all the logos and such at the beginning don't uh, really go too much faster is kind of annoying I think that's a thing that devs should prioritize.
3: Yeah.
0: Because, uh, guess what, you don't need to load that fast to get into a menu or load that slowly. Mm. Uh, cut some of that time, still show the logos, but instead of being like 10 seconds each, make it like three. Mm-hmm. You get all the same info, seeing an EA logo, mm. uh, that kind of stuff. But the game itself is fun uh, still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reminded that uh, the only thing I forgot is I had a slow ability, so I kept trying to climb this piece of a wall that kept flopping back out.
3: Mm -hmm. You have to
0: push it up against the wall (laughs) so you can climb on the thing. I'm like, what the hell am I missing? I Googled it, and it's like, you need to use slow, dumbass. So I figured that out. I was getting knocked down, back down, so I had to learn that lesson over and over again. So it was weird. Get
1: knocked down, but get back up again.
0: Yeah, you're never going to keep me down. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's that game. It's free. And apparently if you go through EA support, if you have the disc copy in a digital-only console, uh, you can get your uh, digital code for the game on those new consoles uh, through their support. Hmm.
1: Consumer-friendly thing that they're doing. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah.
1: Although one and, uh, wonders why you would buy the digital version of the console when you have discs.
0: Uh, speaking as someone that has that on the Xbox side, uh, it's because I could get an S yeah. I didn't need the super powerful PC.
3: Mm. Uh,
0: and also I don't put discs into it. so It's a weird thing where I have discs that I don't want to use,
1: yeah.
0: but now I got a console. I can't use them in and I'm like, well, what good are these discs anymore? So I don't know, but
3: yeah.
0: uh also, that's just a Game Pass device at this point. Yeah, it kind of is, because uh, I don't buy anything on Xbox anymore because they're just going to give me stuff for free. So, why yeah, buy I it? have a similar
4: issue that we'll talk about once we get to the Xbox part of the presentation.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, there's that. There's Final Fantasy VII remake, which yeah. has a uh, it loads faster, all that kind of stuff. Looks really nice. It looked really nice before. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it looks even nicer, but I didn't have the PS4 version to be like looking at it side by side, but the uh, the trailer they put out a little while ago, uh, showing that stuff looked uh, pretty nice. Improved lighting mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, so I trust that it's better on that front. It was just the idea of having to relearn how to play because I hadn't played it in a while. Oh. Uh, but I did get the Yuffie expansion, and it definitely oh. I was like, hey, do not uh, start this up if you haven't played the game before. For a while because you can be expected to know what you're doing yeah <laughs> uh, which is fine mm. uh but yeah that's out now and that's uh pretty much it for what's here so brandon yeah. how about you
2: yeah well uh i've been playing two games one i can't reveal because i'm currently under review embargo but uh i'll uh once that happens i'll finally be able to talk about it but um Other than that, I've been uh, playing No Man's Sky, mostly. Um, And uh, I'm further along in there now. I'm now at the point where I've actually gotten and found Atlas, which is this weird, freaky, ominous looking AI that you end up meeting up with in space. And there's a lot what this there's a lot of things about this uh the Atlas storyline that this game suggests, like a lot of things. Um I'm starting to get the sense that the game knows that it's a game and that apparently all of No Man's Sky might be a simulation of some sort. There's been like a bunch of things that I've come in contact with throughout this game that have seemed to they, it's hinted at that, sort of. And up to this point, I always thought it was just sort of a side bit of humor. But, like, there's this part early in the game when, you know, as you're building your base, you eventually get to the point where you have to start hiring people. But you have to do it in sort of, like, the order that the game's scenario presents it as. you got to get an overseer, then you got to get a scientist, and then an armorer, uh, you know, and sort of on and on and on in that order. But if you end up meeting some of these people before these, uh, that part of the storyline has started, of course, you can't go ahead and hire them yet. So they'll say stuff like, uh, you know, you have to turn them down. They'll say stuff like uh, something along the lines of, but well, you do not understand. The contract has already been signed, and I will always be here every cycle. And I'm like, okay, that sounds a little odd. And considering the fact that you're talking to, like, aliens and such, and remember, like, one of the main sort of, like, mechanics of No Man's Sky is that you're actually having to, like, learn another, an alien species' languages. I always thought, like, maybe it's just some weird language disruption or something, or it's misinterpreting. Now I'm starting to think that they were actually quite true. They were actually telling the truth and that I might be in a simulation. <laughs> um Oh, and, uh, also, um, the most recent patch they put in now allows you to, like, actually ride, like, flying, uh, animals and stuff that you encounter, and, uh, I actually managed to get a hold of one on the planet that I currently have my base at, and so now I can actually, you know, use them to fly around and, you know, not necessarily have to work using my roamer the whole time, um... But yeah, that game is a lot of fun. Uh, definitely very, it's very much a slow burn, as I've said before, especially starting out because it basically starts out like Minecraft, like a survival game. But once the game opens up, it becomes so much more than that. But um, yeah, that's uh, what I've been playing. So what about you, Danra?
4: Yeah, um, I was hoping for a pretty um, low-key week as I just got back from uh, Disneyland at the start of the week and um yeah it's e3 so that didn't really happen not to mention we had a <laughs> stuff show up on ps5 so i'm like well fuck yeah we yeah um yeah I'm, I'm behind on a lot of my reviews so i'll go ahead and talk about stuff that i'm that i've, that I've, that I've been playing obviously so uh the first of which is final fantasy 7 remake um so uh, as we all know that came out on ps5 with an uh, interlude it's a better version in just about every category
2: mm-hmm. and it came out
4: with intermission which is actually the the youthy dlc yeah. um i actually i finished it um i played it in about one evening uh and i clocked it in at about five and a half hours mm-hmm. um it's it, it can be a lot more than that if you decide to do all the side content within the dlc like for example um aside from the main uh the main uh, the mainline quest you have uh this little mini game that you can play, which is pretty much a MOBA, um, it's one of those games where you know you control various units and uh, they'll move on them or move on their own and, and attack at will. One of those things, and um yeah, it's it, it's pretty cool. But it, it's it's kind of like uh games like Gwent or uh, Vantage Masters and Trails of Cold Steel, where you know every character all of a sudden in the game plays this mini game, and um I don't really know what you earn if you do it all aside from a trophy, and there's no platinum for the dlc so i don't really care um but yeah the 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 story for um for yuffie honestly doesn't feel like it matters all that much um it's cool that we have her background and you know what motivates her to you know help out avalanche from a utai perspective or wutai uh perspective and um it's really cool using her once you figure out how to play the game again um and uh yeah, like the the ending uh, kind of reminds me a little bit about Crisis Core. I won't go into any detail why, um, but the cool thing about this particular uh, DLC is the fact that it also opens up a little more with um, Final Fantasy VII Remix ending. So there's there's a bit more footage they added. So they, they they show more about what happened with Cloud and the and the party and Red Thirteen and whatnot. And it's interesting to see what happens. Uh, at the end. Again, um, I don't know who's played the game or not, but it shows a character from another game that you thought died, so I'll I'll end there for uh you know for people to pro- prognosticate. But yeah, if if you've played um the original FF7 remake, you'll definitely want to get through this DLC even though the story doesn't matter, just so you can see the second part of the ending. Um I don't know how valid of a part Yuffie will have, you know, in the future games, but um it it does make me believe that once we eventually get to remake two, um, I'm gonna assume that, you know, maybe Vincent is gonna have his own um DLC. Because like um for those of you who aren't really familiar with uh or, or played the original FS seven, Yuffie is optional. Um in fact I actually came to her by accident when I played uh, the original game. So yeah, there's that. Uh, I've also been playing Edge of Eternity on PC. Uh, Patrick is actually the, uh, supposed to be the one reviewing this, but for some reason his Alienware isn't really running the game properly. So I-, I was able to, I was lucky enough to have another code to use myself, and the game is interesting so far. Um, if you don't have much of a background on this one, this was developed by a really, really, really small team uh, that made it after like watching stuff for Final Fantasy XV. Um, the uh, the engine is uh sort of similar in that regard, but the main thing is that this is a turn based game. And um when I played it, it it definitely seems like you know something made from a small team, just despite the fact that uh the world does seem um pretty large for what for what's being here. And the game pretty much is about uh, this guy who has his kingdom just overrun by all these mechs and stuff. And on top of that, um there's this uh pandemic like similar to the plague that's infesting the world and it's affected like his mother and some of his loved ones and it's pretty much all about finding a cure so i was like oh this is pretty appropriate with the times so it should be interesting um i'm only about an hour and a half through uh but i don't really feel all that motivated to keep going especially knowing that it's going to be on console in the fall and you know eventually you once that game rolls around, I don't know if I want to play through an RPG twice because you know that that's that, that's really time consuming. But so far, so good. The battle system is pretty solid. Like I said, it's turn based. It's ATB. It's similar to the Final Fantasy system, except that um, you also have the option of putting your um, your party in in various uh, positions on the screen to make them avoid attacks, cover other uh, other members of your party, and uh, things like that. And yeah, but it's 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 pretty solid so far. Uh, Going back even further, I've been playing Biomutant. I've actually been playing this for a few weeks, but uh, the game is so forgettable that I forgot to even talk about it on the last podcast. Um, So the thing about Biomutant is, honestly, I don't understand where all the hype came from. Like, when 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 the game uh, had its release date, like Brandon seemed really excited about it, and then off, and then eventually he got turned off just because of like the reviews and uh, yeah, you know the, the the full price of it. And honestly, like again, I I really have no idea where the hype came from except for maybe some of its marketing. But prior to that, like the game has pretty much been, been development hell. This game has been in development for maybe three to four years, mm-hmm. and again, it's a really really small team. It's like a team of twenty, um and then the game eventually got published by THQ Nordic. Which um, who isn't really known for AAA titles? Like, if anything, all of their titles are AA. A. Like, you know, they, we've had remakes of um, Kingdoms of Amalur, SpongeBob SquarePants, um, Destroy All Humans, which are all actually pretty good remakes. But you know, you don't think of any of the, any of these games as sixty-dollar titles. And mm-hmm. Mutant is one. And while it does have some promise, like you know, you have a pretty cool open world that's worth exploring. You have interesting characters, um, but the production value. Uh, despite you know what it may look like from afar once you actually like you know sit up close and look at everything it and honestly feels like a PS3 game and yeah. this game probably would have been cool on PS3 but you know when once you're playing it on PS4 or PS5 even it's just like um that's mu- that that much less impressive um the battle system is action based like similar to like uh to like Zelda uh, except that there's there's more on the dodge mechanics um you level up similar to the way you would in a game like um God of War or uh or Horizon with the uh action RPG stuff but uh, but um simple enough to um just make it more approachable. Um but the weird thing though is that you have um customize uh uh you have your uh, customizations with your character to like make them focus on different things like you know uh, whether they'll be a magic user or focus on melee and things like that. But when you choose it at the beginning, it doesn't really matter because you end up like balancing your character out anyway. So it doesn't really feel like there was any point to doing what you're supposed to do. And then you also have the choice between good and evil. Um, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> um, the choices you make are kind of like useless because they don't really affect anything except some dialogue. And yeah. the dialogue is pretty terrible. Um Tough to say there. I think the game is actually cleverly written. The problem is that um aside from the narrator, there's no voice acting. Um you're yeah. talking to a whole bunch of animals, very similar to what you'd play at a rare, in, in a rare game where you know they're just speaking random animal gibberish and it's cute. But the problem is the narrator pretty much um translates everything they say and he gets annoying to listen to. The narrator's mm-hmm. not doing a bad job, but there's just too much of it and it just takes me out of the whole thing. Like I kind of wish that um the writing team just gave each um character their own dialogue and you know or or written dialogue and we we just read it all rather than the narrator just voicing every single thing here like um there are some good use cases like in Bastion but here like it w- it was just overused and like just 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 tough to play mm-hmm. so um all in all BioMutant has a lot of stuff in this game that should really uh, put it over the top as far as like you know um triple a open world action adventure and like it falls flat in its face in just about every category uh th- the weird thing is um once you get through its loop in about three hours, it becomes more enjoyable, but you aren 't really doing it because you 're enjoying it you 're really doing it because um the the tasks are simple enough where it it, it just uh goes ahead and leads you, and eventually like the game ends like it's really to get it's it's really easy to get lost in its world but it isn't particularly enjoyable to do so yet for some reason I still find myself playing it because I really want to see see it through so yeah uh biomutant is just a a weird mess and there's already been a, uh, been a patch to uh, correct a few things um but at the end of the day like this is a B game that costs 60 dollars, and I would be much more um, open to it if it were like 20 or something like that, but by the time that happens, it'll be irrelevant So that's that. Uh, I hope to uh play enough to have a written review soon. I don't really see myself finishing it. If I do, that would be, a, be an accomplishment in its own right. Um, and lastly, I have a uh, World Zen Club that I've been playing. Um, I've only really played through the demo and like the first part of the first chapter, but something keeps uh, sidetracking me, so I can't really say much about it. But, you know, if you've played a Rampa game or um, Virtue's Last Reward or any of those games, it's similar here, except World Gen Club is just a little more childish. But yeah, uh, I've been playing a lot and that's about it. And we can talk about Ratchet and Clank. How do you want to do, how do, you want to do this, Chris?
0: Uh, we'll let Phil we'll go Phil. first. OK, Phil, what are you up to?
1: Uh so yeah since uh, last time I was on I uh, actually picked up a new console. Um not a PS5 or Xbox Series anything. Uh, I picked up an analog mega SG. Uh oh. was able to find one of those. Uh That's very with the, much
0: the Genesis?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much enjoying that. Uh, yeah. With uh got a Mega EverDrive Pro for flash cartridges on there. So uh, basically I have the entire Genesis and Sega CD library on an SD card and playing stuff off of that and uh yeah that uh, that that system is really nice it's, it's built well uh the uh compatibility with the 8 uh, bit uh bluetooth wireless controllers are really good um uh, really enjoying that I've uh, been playing through the Shining Force series again cuz love that series and it's been a few a couple of yeah it's been about a year since I played through it again so mm-hmm. going through that Uh, apart from that uh, well what can I say if you you can find one uh, and you're interested in the Genesis and you want something that's a bit more uh, of an experience than like a Genesis Mini um, it's hard to go wrong with one of those. Problem is finding it Uh, Analog is you you probably are aware kind of a small boutique uh, manufacturer so they kind of do these in batches and once they're gone uh, they're kind of gone until they do another production run and And then they show up and then those sell out and, you know, so uh, there hasn't been a drop of uh, Mega SGs in a little while, which is a little bit worrying. Uh, But then again, they just did uh, the Super NT uh, came back in stock and sold out in about uh, two and a half minutes. So, yeah, that was fun for me trying to get one of those and failing miserably. Well, apart from that, uh, so what else has been going on? Uh, played a lot of the beta of the PC building simulator IT expansion pack,
2: mm, of course.
1: Yeah, so that, that's been really enjoyable. There's a lot of big improvements there, a lot more variety in the jobs and stuff that you can do. You can, uh, you can smack a printer around, which is, uh, um, very cathartic and, uh, also something I, you know, a lot of IT guys have actually done, so it seems like it's, uh, you know, appropriate for that to be in there. Uh, prior from that, they've added stuff like uh, you, you can do your you can customize your workshop now, so that's, you know, got a lot of items that you can pick up and make your workshop more personal, Personal. so that was a feature that uh, a lot of people have been requesting, and uh, they're bringing it over to uh, this expansion pack whenever the heck it ends up coming out. Um, so... Looking forward to that. Probably should be out in the next you know, month or so, because uh, what I saw of it looked pretty complete. So, looking forward to uh, getting my hands on that for uh, real. And, of course, uh, I have been you know looking out for PS5s or Xbox Series uh, Xs or Ss. Uh, the S I could get, uh, but I want to get the X, because I have a lot of uh, Xbox One uh Discs that I would like to use, hmm. uh, and I don't feel like rebuying the games. So, yeah. Uh, but scalpers suck, and I can't find any. Yeah. Yeah. No, In
4: my experience, the uh, Xbox Series X is a whole lot easier to find than a uh, PS5. Um, there are still scalpers, and you know, I'd help you out. The problem is I mean, that th- that Canadian customs is uh, pretty rough. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. I will just. Why wipe it and wipe out any you know viability of doing that? So I uh, think that like I can I could order uh, a Series X from Best Buy. Uh, the problem is they will not ship it to me. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, always out of stock online. I could order it from Best Buy, but I would have to go pick it up. And mm. uh, the mm. shortest, uh, the, the closest store is like a thirty minute drive. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that <laughs> much as I like to, uh, I don't have a car, so yeah, that's not going to work.
5: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I'm just going to, so I keep uh, looking out for, uh, it to show up, uh, as available in the online store. And when it does, oh, I'll pick one up. Uh, I had briefly thought about doing that whole Xbox all access plan, uh, which, uh, you know, it's like in Canada here, it's 40 bucks a month for, two years of Game Pass and you get the the Series X along with it. Uh, I just realized, you know, I don't really want the monthly charge, so yeah, I'd just rather own it outright. And so for me, it's not really a you know, question of uh, having money, it's, yeah, just let me find it somewhere where I can actually get it. Uh, but stuff is going to be opening up soon here in uh, the next few days. so. I'm kind of hoping that maybe I'd be able to go over to Walmart and have a peek over at the electronics section, and maybe there's going to be one sitting there. So you never know with these things. And uh, that's that's kind of been it for me.
0: Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the PC building simulator thing is now kind of an Epic game? Like the publisher yeah. got bought by Epic?
1: Yeah, they kind of did. Because <laughs> uh, Playtonic got bought by, uh, well, the Irregular Corp. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of complicated. <laughs> yeah. Playtonic yeah. was the, uh, yeah, the, the parent company and the regular court. Platonic Media? Tonic media, Yeah. Media. Yeah, Platonic is, part of, is yeah, part of that. Yeah. Media Yeah. I'm uh, thinking of Platonic, but, but that's Ukulele. Yeah. Yeah. That's not uh, what I'm thinking. Um, so, yeah. there. are uh, yeah. And in fact, in the, uh, expansion pack for, uh, PC Building Simulator, they actually have Fall Guys in it which is uh, kind of fun.
0: Um, Like all the games tied to them have been in that game in some form or another Yeah, paper, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. They haven't switched over to uh, the unreal engine. Uh, I don't think they're going to, Uh, it looks like it seems uh, like a
0: lot of work to, yeah,
1: they're probably uh, just going to, there's
0: probably not a ton more stuff they're going to do with that game.
1: Uh, yeah, they're going to be doing that expansion. And uh, from what I was told, I can actually say this now, there's not going to be the last game in that series. There probably will be a 2022 or 2023 version when yeah, they are, something ends new up they
0: might be able to build up in UE.
1: Yeah, so,
0: uh,
1: that's that's it for me.
0: All right, so yeah, that's uh, that's that. Uh, the big game of the, re- of the week is Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. Yeah, uh, a big new PS5 exclusive. uh unlike the other games that uh, were big PS5 games this week, uh, those are PS4 games, sort of oh. up-res and whatnot. Uh, though Seven Remake has a bit more to it uh, than Jedi Fallen Order, but, you know, but Resident Clank, Ripped Apart, uh, is out now. Uh, follows in the series' footsteps of, I think, Into the Nexus was the most recent game in that storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. The remake on PS4 is a different thing. So story-wise, Dan Reb, you're kind of in the, the lurch a little bit. Uh, but they do start the game off with a little bit of like a quick uh, recap of the general storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parade. <laughs> the, the parade, where Wretched like, uh, is kind of getting honored for the things he's done, uh, finally.
2: Because yeah. of, of those first <laughs> few
0: games. Quark takes the credit for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if he is the part of the problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's like Rusty Pete in there, which is from uh, the future trilogy. Uh, Skid McMarx mm-hmm. in there, who is the skateboarder from the first game, which you've probably seen a little bit in the, the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in there. And then Quark, obviously, uh, the big side character, sometimes baddie, whatever. Uh, and yeah, the Into the Nexus ends with the Dimensionator being broken, uh, mm-hmm. used to save uh, uh, everybody and send the the nethers back to the netherverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where it's left. And then you find out, oh, yeah, for uh, this whole event, Clank has been working on fixing this whole thing mm-hmm. and turning into kind of a gun instead of a helmet. hmm. Uh, and so, of course, in the way anything works, uh, a bad guy comes in, ruins the day, takes this new Dimensionator and uses it to fuck everything up, especially because Ratchet shoots it and uh, makes it unstable. in The way it just kind of tears apart uh, the dimensions, creates all these like rifts that in gameplay, you can use them to sort of warp around areas pretty quickly. Uh and there are occasionally like uh hidden spots where you can kinda of go into an alternate uh dimension like level uh to do something, get some special thing, whatever it is, uh, for that. That is uh pretty cool and it's seamless. Unlike in the past Ratchet games where you watch the animation of the ship kind of flying around before it actually mm-hmm. lands on the next planet that you're going to. And so yeah, that's uh uh the big thing there. There's uh there's a lot of gameplay changes. Maybe nothing super huge here uh, to it, but uh, they make use of the haptic or the the uh, triggers, uh, the resistance, and all that uh, for a number of weapons. Uh, the throwing weapons, you can hold down the right trigger like halfway uh, for aiming. You can also do left trigger if you want, uh, but then you can just push it all the way on the right trigger to throw it where you want to aim. That kind of stuff. Uh, the left trigger, uh, you know, it's just aiming for the most part. Uh, there's a couple weapons I've seen so far. Uh, I forget what the... You have like a shotgun kind of gun where you can uh, pull it kind of halfway to shoot one barrel, uh, pull the whole way to shoot both. Uh, like a more powerful shot or second shot, I guess, uh, at that. So there's uh, ways they use that. Uh, the haptic feedback is pretty well done. Uh, kind of following in some of the steps that Astro's Playroom had, uh, where you get a lot of extra effects. Uh, You can feel like uh, when your character is walking around, uh, a few little steps there uh, when enemies are uh, going around. A lot of of different uh, effects on there that are really well done, that are pretty cool. Uh, A lot of uh, audio stuff out of the speakers uh, when you pick uh, up bolts. And even if you use the other skins for them, there's like a gems that are rupees, uh, coins for Mario stuff, uh, and uh, rings for Sonic stuff, as well as Overcharge from Sunset Overdrive. You can have it just drop cans of Overcharge around everywhere uh, because they are making references to uh, that game, even though you can't play it on the on the platform at all. Uh, it's like still so an yet. Xbox exclusive. Uh, for the time being. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Uh, uh, what else? I am on the uh, like space station thing uh, section. It's like the third or fourth area you get to in the game. And the level design is definitely feeling a lot more open. Uh, at least so far. Uh, the nefarious city that you get to in the alternate dimension... Uh, is basically like a whole lot more vertical a lot more of the level kind of uh, has layers to it so you might be able to get uh, you know inside a building on top of a building and there might be other things around that you can get to from there uh, you know you have your uh, helicopter gliding as a move uh, that has pretty cool feeling on the haptics uh, when you're using that. Uh, you have a wall ju- or not wall jump, uh, uh, you'd have a wall jump, but you have uh, wall running and dashing now as mechanics, uh, for combat and platforming, so you can get extra distance on things, uh, and also run along uh, specific uh, types of wall surfaces, uh, which are usually just kind of uh, it's like LED uh, walls that pop up in certain areas. Uh, but when you get to Sargasso, which is a planet that you uh, have seen in Tools of Destruction, uh-huh. with these sort of the big, like, Brachiosaurus-type uh, creatures on it, uh, that one you also get to these uh, speedles, which are speed beetles. So they can you can grab onto them and uh, ride them around. Uh, that kind of stuff to get between, cause, uh, between these different islands, there's uh, poison water kind of stuff, so you can't swim in it or anything. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff like that that is uh, pretty nice. And one of the big changes they've done in this in this game is that the hidden collectibles like Gold Bolts and uh, uh, well, Gold Bolts are like the main one for the series, are no longer off the map. They put stuff on the map for you uh, to see and find. Uh, so if you go buy it, uh, maybe unexpectedly, uh, it'll show up on there, so you can click on it, and it'll actually put like a little pin, show you like, oh, it's up here. Uh, so you have to figure out, like, oh, how do I get up there? That kind of thing. Uh, so those are no longer like the the super hidden collectible. Uh, so those should be a, much easier to get on your first run uh, if you want to go for all the side stuff. Uh, there's a couple others now that are part of the that are like hidden kind of things, and even. And they're not necessarily that hidden. There's uh, suit pieces. uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cosmetics you can find. And if you pre-ordered, you get some automatically. uh, As well as uh, skins for the weapons you have, the wrench or the uh, rivets, uh, hammer, that -hmm. kind of stuff. So there's a a lot there. Uh, The only bad thing is they don't show you what they look like in the menus. They just show you a list. uh, Are you move through a list, and you're like, what? They just show you, like, a picture of all of them. And you're like, okay, which one's which? Uh, that part's kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, but the big upgrade over uh, the the remake on PS4 is those, uh, uh, those different forms for the Bolts uh, actually saves this time. Because uh, if you played PS4 remake, uh, if you made any of those changes, quit out and come back, it reset back to Bolts. Never yeah. saved if you want to just be like Sonic Rings or Mario Coins or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's a, a nice thing they finally did here. Uh, but what else? The, the writing's really good so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more in-depth writing about uh, Rivets and uh, Clank and uh, Ratchet kind of going through the motions, uh, figuring out like what's going on with this the dimension stuff, maybe what their roles are in each of their dimensions, that kind of stuff, uh, right. because Ratchet and Rivets uh, believe that they're the only Lombaxes in their their universe, dimension, whatever. Uh, so they're grappling with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have Nefarious, who has uh, finally got into a universe where he is one, and he is uh, the emperor of the galaxy universe, whatever he is uh but he has to deal with trying to fake it that he is the emperor Uh, Mm -hmm. even though he's not uh i haven't seen too much of him so i don't know how that stuff goes uh but the the writing so far has been really quite nice and a step up from most of the games in the, the previous parts of the series uh so that's pretty nice and the game just plays really well uh the only really negative I've seen so far is that the openness of the level design has meant that I can easily jump into areas where I'm not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So you get that sort of uh, weird bit where your character is kind of like floating in this area and you're not sure if you can get back out. I can just like uh, kill you and reset you nearby. Uh, Lose a couple X uh, HP, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it has, you know, XP for uh, your life. Uh, air HP, that kind of stuff. Uh, oh. XP for the weapons, so you level them up as they go. Uh, you use your rare that you collect to upgrade them on the uh, charts. Uh, you know, and if you unlock uh, all the spots around these like uh, secrets unlockables mm-hmm. on those little charts, uh, you unlock some special bonus thing or ability or whatever. Uh, and as you level up the weapon, you open up more of those on the map. Uh, until you you know fully level them up and you can just buy the whole thing. Uh yeah, the uh the shop has Mrs. Zircon. Uh if you know that whole thing that's going on where they had the robot companion that loves to talk shit, Mr. Mm-hmm. Zircon. Uh, and they evolved that over the, the future games where you had Zircon Junior, his kid, who also likes to talk shit but in a more kid uh friendly way. Mm-hmm. And yeah uh a crack in time, I think, or into the nexus has the whole family as the thing as you level up, you get another member on it and it gets into the nexus uh which has Zircon, who talks about how she likes uh seeing her boys be happy killing uh dirty aliens, that yeah. kind of stuff, but she's your merchant now, so there's all mm. that uh, so that's pretty nice, and they're part of the. Uh, Rivet's part of the resistance against Nefarious. Uh, Ratchet doesn't really know what's going on, but he's kind of catching on to it. Uh, But yeah, at this point, I don't think either one really knows about the other one, other than Clank telling Rivet about Ratchet, but she's very distrustful of him because he's a robot and she has bad uh, history with robots, that kind of stuff. So That's kind of the gist about the game. Uh, It might be, from what I've I've been streaming the whole series uh, for the mainline games. Uh, I would say so far, it's a better game than all of them so far from what I played. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Dan. You've played just the PS4 remake. Yeah. The-
4: so um, as Chris was saying, I don't have um, I don't have the the, the whole frame of uh, playing the whole series to really you know really compare them all. Although I did beat the 2016 remake based on the movie based on the game a few weeks ago and and I I I beat that over a weekend and as fun as that game was I was really just going through the motions um I really had no idea who, what what any character was what, what was about or what they were doing but it was fun enough for me to just just go on and that being said I think I have enough of a grasp for like how to play a Ratchet game to pretty much be good at or be good enough to play um, Rift Apart. And though I don't have any of the background that Chris has with some of the secondary characters that you meet or the NPCs, um, gameplay wise, I can totally feel that, you know, this game is a step above the rest. Um, it takes similar uh, things that, um, that the 2016 game really improved and it just improves on them even more. Um, like, you know, we, we we talked about the the strafing and things like that. And things like the um the dual sense haptics really uh, do a good job of uh, making you feel immersed uh within the title. And one of the things that um honestly to me doesn't feel all that good is when you see like um one of these uh, rift warp spots and then you know you hold L2 to go ahead and uh uh appear at that other spot. Um, instead of just appearing there you actually just drag it to you and all of a sudden you're in the the environment around you changes like you like like to show that you're there like yeah um i don't know i am i probably would have just preferred a a warp but i i I totally um appreciate the effect to like you know show that this is a next gen game um it's really seamless going from like uh one rift to another or the various portals and like you know seeing it all there like um if 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 they try to do this do this on on a PS4 like there there would definitely be some chugging or um you know some bad uh, draw distances and yeah none of that appears here um i did run into a couple glitches though uh so the first time i played it was last night and i was doing some basic platforming and in, instead of jumping over a roof to another roof i ended up ground pounding you know so of course i i fell down to my death and as soon mm-hmm. as that happened by the the entire screen went black and i had to uh soft reset my PS5 and I didn't really know how because normally all you have to do is hold the power button for 7 seconds apparently for the PS5 you have to do it for 20 seconds and uh, that was a little weird so that that was super inconvenient but aside from that, that's really been my only issue Um, there were times where I tried to over explore and I end up like glitching out and eventually like dying and falling into like some random pool that doesn't exist and things like that but uh, none of that is really game breaky. Chris mentioned that with the levels being a little more open, that it's really easy to end up in areas where you aren't supposed to be. Um yeah. it seems like I'm a little bit further than Chris is, and I've never really experienced um that notion. Like I've definitely been exploring and um the map makes it really easy to find like some of the hidden items, like the items that allow you to um upgrade your weapons faster, as well as the uh the bolts and things like that. And yeah, yeah so <clears throat> uh I just finished the the the, the world where uh, Rivet lives, and um, eventually you get access to this dragon, um, and it's it's similar to that one level in the 2016 game where you have to like um, find all these resources and trade them for a gun and things like that, and you, you do the same thing here, uh, you trade it for a weapon, and then you eventually trade it for another collectible, and um, it just really shows like how how much bigger these worlds are, and then using the dragon was pretty cool um and then you use it to pretty much explore these um like higher parts of the world and it's weird because like when you find these higher parts there's no uh, place to land your dragon so i really had no idea what i was doing there but after i found a few more of the resources eventually the dragon was able to breathe fire so um uh, you're actually supposed to like shoot some of these items to get to get the resources and they they, they automatically appear to you so like that mm-hmm. was pretty cool um i've gotten to the part or to a part where um uh rivet pretty much trusts clank now because she um looked up uh his his uh his memory and yeah saw that uh ratchet existed now ratchet is in another world trying to get the parts to uh fix the um that that, that one item I, I forgot what it was called it was the uh dimensionator yeah the, the, the dimensionator so i'm yeah. in another uh big world there and uh it's pretty cool going into the other rifts because you end up finding these cosmetic items that Chris talked about and they kind of have that um they kind of have that Legend of Zelda Shrine vibe or even the secret levels from Super Mario Sunshine but um yeah like Insomniac has has done, an, has done a heck of a job between this and the last two Spider-Man games and getting all these done within a 2-year period like i am really impressed um Insomniac just might be like one of the best developers around right now like definitely top 3 in my mind And um, despite, you know, not having a history with Ratchet, this is definitely the most fun I've had playing a platformer since Super Mario Odyssey, which is definitely some high praise. And, you know, as um, someone that's been looking for PS5 exclusives and has been criticizing it uh, ever since then, this definitely scratches that itch, and it's definitely a must-have game on the PS5. So, yeah, yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah, the way that I play these games is like slow-paced, looking in every corner. Uh, which is a lot easier on the older games, where they're literally just linear strips of land for the most part. Uh, you can more easily tell what you can break or not. Uh, so, like when you get to the the city, you know it's dark and all that. So I'm just looking around all the corners, uh, seeing what can break, uh, and like seeing like, okay, the objective is over here. Well, what's over this other way? You know, looking around because there's some side quests you can get to. That kind of stuff i don't know if they're nat- naturally things you'll do anyway or not uh but in ratchet and clank games i'm distrustful of whatever seems like it might be the main path yeah
4: there there are definitely portals that aren't on the map that you eventually find so those are pretty cool to explore and get to yeah um, the one uh new ones or one thing that i've totally ingrained in my mind and trained myself to do after playing the 2016 game is that Whenever I get a new weapon, I just go ahead and, like, mix it up with all the weapons now. Like, before, I was just using the regular blaster and then using the the melee strikes to go ahead and kill enemies fast. Now I'm just trying to find all sorts of different combinations to, like, level up my weapons just so I can get that trophy faster.
0: Yeah. And the way I would do weapons is uh, kind of level up weapons, maybe use one for the most part, but they're coming in so fast here. I've got like a full wheel's worth, eight, I think it is. Uh I, I can't really do that. Yeah, I just got to the second wheel. Yeah. The the way the games used to work, uh especially I think in twenty sixteen, is you would probably buy one weapon maybe per planet you went to. Uh whereas here uh you maybe it'll buy like two or three, uh depending on how many times you see Zircon Mrs. Zircon. Uh which is a pretty quick pace to kind of Maybe give you more variety in what you can do, which there's some some really nice uh, weapons in there, especially once I got the uh, Mr. Fungus, I think it's called. He's kind of the new Mr. Zircon, in that you throw him out and he goes and kills enemies, uh, but he doesn't really talk shit to them. Uh, he's just yeah. like... Uh, uh, there have been times where I pull him out again after uh, he runs out, and he's like, uh well, okay, I was kind of on a break here, but whatever uh yeah, he's
4: just a really sarcastic violent mushroom,
0: yeah mm-hmm. and uh you throw that with the it's like the topiary sprinkler, yeah, which freezes enemies in uh grass,
4: yeah, it's like but, a chia
0: pet, yeah, uh just starts shooting its uh it's plant goo all over enemies that freezes them up uh for a couple of shots, so if you throw like both of those out, uh they will that and you can upgrade them so they can stay out longer and take more uh damage and do more damage that kind of stuff so those are some of the really cool ones you start off with the pixelizer as the first weapon and you wouldn't know this dan red but pretty much all of the games i've been playing you start off with the pistol and a grenade uh and you get the pistol oh. as your first weapon after the pixelizer uh which is yeah a the, sho- the, the, the uh, is a uh, pixelizer was
4: actually a, a late unlock in 2016 but yeah, yeah. like I I've, I've used the um pistol and the grenade so much that they've, they've already maxed out.
0: Yeah, uh the pistol's nice because it's an automatic pistol instead of just being a one shot at a time kind of thing.
4: Yeah, you can you can just hold the R trigger.
0: Yeah. Uh the grenades nice, but uh it's like a grenade for like the other games, nothing really different about that. Uh there is a yeah, there's the like shotgun that has two barrels, so you can do one or the other. Uh what else is there? There's the Oh, there's the what like the ricochet I think it's called it shoots out these like little drones that start just shooting at it a bit uh then uh I like think it comes back to you so you can shoot it again, so you can't really like spam that out like you can some other weapons that kind of stuff, so that's nice. there's like a lot of cool neat weapons as well as stuff that's coming back. I think a couple of the ones I've seen they give you like a little preview like what's next uh for that so there's a lot of nice weapons here. Uh yeah, I think that's, uh, Raging Clank Rift Apart. Mm-hmm. I think just based off what we played so far, it definitely seems uh, well recommended. Uh, just looking forward to put more time into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's get to news. Uh, and this one is the only thing that ha- I have outside of the, the press conferences uh, because it was kind of the, Biggest news that happened at the beginning of the Day of the Devs show, and it was just kind of uh, interesting to our concerns, Axiom Verge 2 uh, was announced to be coming to PlayStation. Particularly, as Tom says in this article on the PlayStation blog, that uh, the PS4 version will be there at launch. He is expecting the PS5 version to hopefully be done in time to get it out uh, for launch, but it might be a little bit after if he can't. Uh, So this might explain the delay a little bit. So he's trying to get four versions of the game out for launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it'll be cross-buy so you can get PS4 and PS5 Mm
5: -hmm. uh,
0: whenever that's done. And I think he's said he wants to use the the PS Plus game tip stuff Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, the PS5 version, as well as some of the other controller stuff. So, And also hints at uh, Axiom Verge 3. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because Axiom Verge 2 is about a mysterious billionaire slash tech genius who winds up in an ultra-version of Earth while in Antarctica. Uh, He says, although there are references to the first game, you won't actually see how they relate until Axiom Verge 3. Mm. So Mm. he's also thinking ahead to the third game. Yeah. So he's putting a lot on his plate.
1: Yeah.
0: I started to point out
1: that Axiom Verge 1
2: and 2 are developed by one guy. Yeah. Yeah. One. So Just one man. Yeah. Does, I think literally I think the only he does all of it literally um, yeah. just has the code, Dan Edelman the code, to
0: handle his business and PR yeah, stuff the coding yeah. the
2: programming the art direction the music it's all him
0: yeah yeah and yeah we got to see a little bit of uh, new gameplay stuff in the day of the devs trailer you put out mm-hmm. uh, which showed it's more focused on melee because that's just how this billionaire guy fights uh, so a little bit less on the gun stuff that uh, the first game had. Uh, but also a part of it, he talked about how uh, a lot of players just found a boss fight that was uh, beyond their abilities and ended up just stopping. Mm. Uh, so he has kind of this whole setup where you can uh, instead of having a gun that hacks uh, an object and the object has the one type of reaction to that uh, you might have uh, the ability to hack and maybe have multiple options, and mm-hmm. you can use that on bosses so that you don't necessarily have to fight them, uh, but yeah. be able to do damage in other ways
5: mm-hmm.
0: uh, to get around necessarily the the combat aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Which sounds neat. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, i think uh, I'll pull know, Tom, up that Tom's trailer of the show and. Uh
4: we are definitely big fans of Axiom verge uh, the first one was a, our game of the year what 2014 2015 i forget what, what what year it came out but yeah. yeah like the, the the fact that it's all done by him just makes it all the more impressive and like this second one you know um it, it, it definitely looks looks very different and uh i definitely appreciate that notion and um yeah like uh before it it, it it was a struggle to even just get it on a platform and and it still is so the fact that he's trying to get it on all of these is uh, as soon as possible uh makes the job even more difficult. But um I'm sure he i I'm sure he can and uh, he should definitely take his time. Um yeah, the part yeah. that's interesting to me though is like um obviously when when Axiom Verge came out, like you know there 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 was no Celeste, there was no Dead Cells, um stuff like that. So uh, the genre is getting pretty crowded and a lot of these games are pretty samey. And um I'm hoping that you know the name alone is enough to uh get him to where he wants or needs to be. But um yeah, like I I, I have complete faith that Tom had is making a great game here. So yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of the uh the big news as far as what we're putting here outside of this E three stuff. Uh we'll get to the E three stuff and summer game fest stuff because even what was necessarily labeled as like an E three show, some of it was also on Game Fest, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of all muddy for the most part, except for the Summer Game Fest kickoff live that Jeff hosted and even took shots at the ESA a couple times during it Uh, to make sure, you know, that he is not a huge fan of theirs. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, uh, but yeah, I would say the, this is the only show here that is not uh, held by a publisher. So it kind of just has a better variety of, games in it, uh, mm-hmm. all the way the gamut to here's some free-to-play games and some new stuff they're doing, which is not on the list here because it's, you know, just new stuff, nothing really too huge. If you're into it, you probably already know about it, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, the new games here, uh, he's got a pretty wide swath of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. a few that are pretty huge and uh, a few that are uh, kind of mid-tier publisher stuff. Uh, and, and one that
2: yeah, and one that basically towers above all of the others.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh a number of indie stuff, and he had a few music uh performances. Uh, Sable mm-hmm. had one with uh like she's called Japanese Breakfast for mm-hmm. performance, which is weird, but uh had a really nice presentation as you had like gameplay uh stuff going on in the screens uh behind her and on the the floor.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh that looked really nice and uh, we got a uh, word that that's actually coming out pretty soon, yeah. September 23rd.
5: Yeah.
0: As, uh, throughout these shows, we got a word that's like, hey, there's a lot of stuff coming out this fall. Yeah. Uh, despite everything else that's getting delayed, uh, there's a lot that should hopefully be finishing yeah. uh, pretty soon.
1: And I think of, like, all the, the stuff from the Summer Games Fest, like, the one that made me go, huh, was uh, the Metal Slug Tactics. Yeah. Uh, that kind of yeah. came out of nowhere, and it's like, um, well, usually the tactics in Metal Slug is to shoot everything that moves. So uh, yeah. it, it's nice that they're changing it up a little bit and going for a different genre entirely. Um, so this looks yeah. like something I'm going to have to put some time into. And, uh yeah, yeah Death that was Stranding weird because also. there's, like,
0: no date to it. Yeah. I it's just there's... on Steam. And it describes, like, a tactical RPG, but also has some, like, roguelite elements to it. Yeah. Uh, so that's weird. But uh, from .mu, uh, it looks pretty nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're doing uh, like Kojima's doing in director's cut of Death Stranding. So yeah, yeah, that Kojima. trailer
0: was pretty nice. As mm-hmm. uh, like clear nods to Metal Gear mm. uh, throughout, as uh, Norman Reedus picked up uh, a box had oranges in it.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: A nod to previous Metal Gear trailers.
5: Mm.
0: Uh, he tries to get into it like a cat. Uh, figures out that doesn't know why that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. just puts it back uh, and yeah this this director's cut, which no date on it just says coming soon yeah p s five and it seems like it might have some extra content in that in it, but it seems yeah. like whenever Sony has their summer game fest show uh in the next month or so, uh, that'll probably get a date
2: yeah. yeah um, so as for me, there were a couple of uh, titles that stood out, um, including the one big one, and I'll get to it, but uh, the first one that really caught my eye was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, because I'm a huge I love Borderlands, in spite of all the issues that I have with Gearbox as a company, and especially their CEO. Um, but if you play Borderlands 2, you probably remember Assault on Dragon Keep, which is the one of the DLC that is often considered to sort of be a highlight of the entire, one of the highlights of the whole franchise, mostly because the whole uh, sort of idea is that uh, Tina manages to get a bunch of the uh, surviving uh, party members to play a round of... Dungeons and Dragons, even though they don't call it Dungeons and Dragons, it's very obviously supposed to be Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, um, and it's just hysterically funny from beginning to end because, again, it's Tiny Tina, and you know exactly what she, who she is and what she likes. Um, and uh, they decide, yeah, we're going to go back and we're going to make a whole game based around that. And I'm like, all right, I can dig it. Yeah. Um, of course. Tiny Tina isn't all that tiny anymore. She's actually all grown up now. And they, yeah. you know, they played Borderlands Three, so it's like, right, why are we still calling her Tiny Tina? She's an adult now, but whatever. And
0: um, has an interesting cast to it.
2: Mm-hmm. There's like Wanda
0: Sykes. Uh, yeah, I forget who else is in there, but it's like these aren't people I would have expected to be in a Borderlands, you know, side game.
2: Yeah, they're kind of uh, they're they're all, they're going all in on this one, which
0: I'm guessing the movie sort of profile must have helped them out in that department.
2: Yeah, because there are actors in that where you're like, really,
0: you're in a Borderlands yeah.
2: thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. I also like Phil said. Also, metal slug tactics because the idea that they're taking probably one of the most uh, acclaimed. Uh, side-scrolling shooter games and turning it into a tactics game is uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, and what they showed certainly looked interesting. I'm sure it looked like it at, they made it to work, but will it be interesting enough to want to play the whole game? Because, again, part of the fun of the original, you know, the regular Metal Slug games is that... They are, you know, it's just the game loop. It's going, shooting everything that loses, and then, you know, seeing what your score was at the end. That's the fun of it. We'll see how it goes. Um, also, tales, uh, another one, of course, that really caught my eye. Obviously, was Tales of Arise because I'm a huge fan of the Tale series, and I was watching that, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, just because in my head. You know, like what? Like okay, what of the big appeals of the entire Tales series? Is the storyline, and the reason that is is because the Tales series basically does this thing where they take all of the as many of these like JRPG cliches that they can get, and then jam them into one game. And then about through the midway point, they decide to just take those cliches and absolutely rip them to shreds. Uh. And in past games, they've gone, they've deconstructed things like player-centered morality, the notion of prophecy, uh, the uh, whole idea of like dark and light and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I'm watching that trailer. And I'm like, okay, how are they going to do this? Because essentially, the whole sort of uh, scenario of Tales of Arise is that there's these two countries, one of which is technologically superior to the other and essentially exploits the other for uh, economic reasons. So, you know, totally not something that's relevant at right now in this point of time, is it? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I'm looking at like, okay, where are they going to take this? You know, is it going to be like are they actually going to go hard in on the concept of like imperialism and the idea of like a global north and a global south, or are they just going to take it in a completely different direction? Which is totally possible because they've done that in the past. Um, games that you would not expect to take, you know, like especially the uh, God. What was the ones that were on PS2? Uh, Tales of I want to say Tales of Abyss, but I don't. But that's definitely not it. Uh, that one was specifically about, like, the idea of, like, alternate worlds and everything, and it ends up going in, like, this completely different direction you don't expect it to go. Um, so I was looking at that, and, of course, the big one, the one that everybody was expecting to come about, but, um, we're still, like, you know, because there had been so many false starts up to this point, but we finally got a real honest-to-God reveal of Elden Ring. Finally, mm. yeah. and yeah, it is exactly everything I was hoping it would be. It's basically a dark. It's a Souls-like game. Uh, there's horses. It's very big and open world, rather than the sort of uh, like it, I say open world, more yeah. like free roam, um, because the Souls games and you know Dark Souls and Bloodborne, they don't really specifically put you on a linear path. You can go through a lot of these areas basically at any time you want through your own pace, but the th- the thing is though is that, as most players will tell you, there's usually an order that you're going to want to take <laughs> to get through them, because otherwise you will get slaughtered in a matter of minutes. Elden Ring seems to be a lot more open-ended. Um, and from what uh, um, Hideyaka has said, this was uh, one of the game where he wants to actively like do a game that is a bit more open and not as claustrophobic as the other games can sometimes be. Um, there's a horse that you ride that you can summon at will. Uh, they seem to be kind of going hard in on both the Norse and Celtic angle as far as like the lore goes. Um, and I also got to admit that, uh, Some of those creatures that they showed that are roaming around the world, like that weird giant thing that has like a bell hanging off of its stomach or those weird like leech, like lich creatures that are like being used to pull a wagon. And it's like, God, there's so many possibilities here. And then, of course, there were all the bosses that they showed that, you know, you come in contact with this game. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm ready. Put it put it in my veins. I need it now. Um, unfortunately, I have to wait until... Well, actually, it's not that far away. It's early next year. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah January 21st, 2022. So an early yeah. 2022 game. Yeah. And one of the themes you want to notice in this list is, what games just have a year? Mm-hmm. And which ones have uh, maybe a and month? I, and others yeah. that have specific dates? Yeah. Uh, and there was one in the Xbox Showcase that just said, we feel pretty good about December 2021.
5: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, that seems like an appropriate level of commitment.
5: <laughs>
0: of like, we hope it's ready for this, but maybe it won't. Uh, but yeah, anybody yeah, else have anything particularly... Uh, first like of all, uh,
4: I'm just going to say that uh, Elden Ring is not going to come out on January 21st, 2022. That is that is beyond wishful thinking there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, but for, you know, for uh, honest to God, like I I, I hope it does just just so you know, like uh, it'll it'll definitely like put put some uh, some some respect to that name. But I I just don't see it happening, especially if um, it's going to garner that much hype. And honestly, like January is kind of out of nowhere, but it wouldn't surprise me all that much, especially since Capcom. Well, it's been a Namco, but, you know, uh, developers like Capcom can put out a game that early and see that kind of success. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh I, I haven't got it though. Um but yeah, uh Summit Games Fest. Um I was there with uh, uh Chris like covering it. Um but basically uh it was uh book ended really well. Uh Wonderlands and Elden Ring are definitely a, a good way to start and end the show. Um and it, it it kinda teetered off in the middle. But there was also enough content to showcase the diversity. And if there's anything that Jeff Keighley is about, it's about the diversity and like, you know, him uh, just showing that system wars is like ain't shit to him. Like he 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 just wants to showcase that you know games are cool in all platforms, and uh, we we definitely saw it here. There weren't too many games that um uh, that really caught my eye. Um, in fact, like the the bookends, I don't really often care about. But Tiny uh, Tina's Wonderlands is a game that I'm slightly interested in, just because uh, the developers talked about it in a way where. Um, they said that you don't really have to have any knowledge of the Borderlands series to really enjoy this one, and that definitely got my attention. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics also looks good. Um, Phil pretty much uh, hit the needle on the hit there. Um, and Tales of Arise actually shaping up to be the, vers- the first uh, Tales game that I want to play day one since Symphonia. And um, uh, Brandon d- didn't mention this, but uh, the, main, uh, the main male character in that game looks a lot like Crow from Trails of Cold Steel and i'm like yep. wow this guy's, this guy's definitely come a long way mm-hmm. so uh, yeah um also the the art design of that game really reminds me of like studio Ghibli's work with level 5 on nino kuni and right. if it, if if um if there's any like anime uh scenes resembling that like i'd definitely be all in but i think the thing that caught me the most was the fact that its battle system um didn't seem like a fixed camera it seemed like it was definitely uh editable in that area and if i if if we can make the gameplay between the battle system and the actual exploration phase to be seamless, um, it would make the series that much more attractive to me, because I don't think any of the modern ones have done that. Maybe Brandon
2: can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's the case. Um, well, I know that the most recent... Well, the most the two most recent ones, basically... Um, I mean, it, forgive me, because it's been a while since I've yeah, played it's, them. it's definitely been a while. But uh they were they basically did where you know instead of like going to like a separate arena thing they just went straight into the combat
3: okay. um
2: yeah i think i i that's a big one i think again it's been a while since i played them
4: yeah um but either way like just just that seamless transition would would um mean a lot and i guess like the the other main thing that i was interested in is uh, sky that game from uh, that game company and the uh, mm-hmm. Le Petit Prince, uh, which is going to be episodic, so uh, those games are defi- uh, definitely definitely uh, scratch the itch there. Um, again, there weren't too many that um, I showed like immediate interest in, but the fact that it was so diverse and it, they're able to like fire on all sorts of different cylinders uh, just made the presentation that much better. And like Keeley has just has been, has just been doing amazing work, and uh, yeah, it shows because he looks a whole lot different than he did during the Game Awards. I'll tell you that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: But yeah, that's about it there. Yeah, uh,
0: and I think for me, Metal Slug Tactics was definitely an interesting thing—a uh, uh, change in genre that actually fits it pretty well. Uh, especially if they're not going to do the obvious thing and make a Metal Slug eight uh, with .mu. Mm.
5: Uh
0: a tactical RPG, works pretty well. Just because I think the the key gameplay thing they showed was a way of like syncing shots between your heroes uh, for that as a way of doing some bigger damage, I guess. Uh, But still need to see more of that, because that was about all they had in the Steam page. Yeah. Uh, No real dates or anything to it, but uh, also there's Salt and Sacrifice, the sequel to Salt and Sanctuary. These sort of uh, 2D, uh, uh, Souls-like, mixed with like Metroid stuff, which is already kind of inherent in Souls, is the sort of notion of Uh, gaining items and such it unlock other areas for you
5: as you kind of progress
0: through. Uh, uh, Assault and Sanctuary was just a really good game. Uh, They announced uh, the sequel here that seems like it's got just more to it uh, from Ska Studios who made uh, a number of games uh, with this kind of art style of theirs. Uh, And this one sort of has co-op in it, online and local, so you can play with the a friend uh, to help you out or probably not help you out at times if you want. Uh, yeah, They got more class stuff going on here, more variety and ways that you can sort of approach the game. Uh, that kind of stuff that just uh, looks really nice and hopefully plays really well. I don't think there's too much of a date just maybe sometime next year. But as an indie game those are always nebulous. Yeah. Anyway, when they have dates like it'll be done when they're done. And this is a two person studio. It's uh mm-hmm. James Silva and his wife. Mm. Yeah. Uh made these games and the the previous ones. And it's cool they have uh been able to be successful enough at it to keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see what this next one has uh for it. it makes me want to actually go back and play the other one. Mm. Uh play some more at least I've Beating a few bosses in it. I even came back to it uh like six months ago or something like that. Randomly beat a boss and felt good about that and was like, alright, that's enough for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, always nice when you pick up a game, uh trying to figure out how to play it and beat a boss that you're probably not supposed to be able to beat in that kind of state to it. Uh there's also Wave Break, which was the Weezer segment of the show. Which mm-hmm. is maybe the the not interesting part of it, because they were hiding this whole weird ass game that is basically what if you had tony hawk uh but in uh a bear in a boat instead of on a skateboard they call it a skate boating mm-hmm. game uh but you can grind like tony hawk i think the controls are a bit different uh from what uh jeff crimson was talking about on when he was playing this on stream mm-hmm. uh but it seems like five stages 30 bucks and there's a song for each of the stages. The Weaver, the Weezer stage, has the the big logo in the middle of this big pool, mm. uh, and your the collectible there uh, is uh, Weezer covers albums.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: you know, but the and that song that they played is exactly three minutes, which is how long the runs are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that, so but if you're doing a combo, you to hear the start of the song again. So it maybe doesn't hundred percent work. That way, if you're playing like a real Tony Hawk game,
1: close enough though. But
0: yeah, it's it works pretty well there. Uh, you know, has the list of objectives. I think it's a bit longer than the uh, the Tony Hawk games, and especially because there's usually a character in each of the stages you can go talk to to get extra quests. And it's like a it's got a little bit of a Miami Vice vibe to it because your bear is, I guess, kind of a cop. Uh, he's got like the you know the same kind of sport jacket, that kind of thing uh you can also shoot stuff uh you can shoot like explosive barrels uh other things of notes i guess but there's also multiplayer and there's like a deathmatch mode so you're like doing tricks build up points collecting money and then if you find weapons around and you have enough money for it you pick it up so you get like a shotgun pistol uh rifles that kind of stuff and so that's a whole weird thing that you wouldn't expect from a tony hawk boat game Uh, But whatever, it's weird. Uh, And I think he also, Jeff also figured out, there's like a quick chat kind of thing if you're partying up with people. And even if you're on PC, you can just have an auto reply uh, quick chat thing that says, I'm using tilt controls. (laughs) Like sort of like Mm -hmm. reminiscent of Forza Horizon 4, you can just start saying over and over again, I'm streaming on
1: mixer." Mixer. (laughs) which doesn't exist in new york
0: (laughs) and it's a ridiculous thing to say to anybody Mm. in that game because like who cares if you're streaming unless you're being an asshole but Mm. that's a a weird little game i might pick it up at some point Uh, probably not yet but uh that was kind of a thing where it's like you guys were weezer were the the worst part of that because the game was a lot more interesting than what you guys are hiding up (laughs) and also rivers cuomo is 50 now and he Decided he has a mustache now. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what the hell are you doing, Rivers Cuomo? Mm. Also, apparently, they had a a keyboard set up on that stage and nobody was playing it. Yeah. When they were playing one song. Mm. It's like, why did you set that up? I didn't see anybody go over and play it. So I was like, that's weird, but whatever. Maybe the sequencer loaded into it. I don't know. Maybe. But. that was uh, an interesting thing. And there's a couple of news bits. Uh, the Deviation Games, which is made up of former Activision Blizzard devs, uh, particularly from Treyarch, with a couple of guys there that they uh, made the announcement mm-hmm. that they were working with PlayStation for the next game yeah. uh, for a new IP. So Sony has sort of signed these guys to work on a new IP for them. Uh, I think also part of this team is a designer for Hearthstone. Not that there's going to be like card stuff in this, but uh, there's some Blizzard talent in there as well. Yeah. Uh, But I assume it's going to be a shooty game, considering they come from the Call of Duty stuff. So that's neat. And also, in addition to the Summer Game Fest demo event that they're doing on Steam, starting on the 16th, uh, Xbox is also going to have their own uh version of that with like 40 demos on here if you want to check out a number of games uh, before they launch. Mm-hmm. Stuff like Sable, so if you want to see if that's something you want to check out on Game Pass or whatever, you can do that. Uh, Tunic is on there. Uh, they have like a, a handful of games here mentioned. Uh, Riftbreaker, which I think is also coming to Game Pass. That's a weird thing. Uh, Echo Generation and Lake. So... So there'll be about 40 demos, so you can check out a bunch of that stuff on uh, Xbox or do it on Steam whatever works for you. So that is the Summer Game Fest. Uh, Pretty good show. Pretty good way to kick it off uh, and give you probably have like at least one cool thing for everybody. Yeah. Uh, So next up on Saturday, Ubisoft Forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, the next big show there that had pretty much all Ubisoft stuff here. We got just the, the newer announcements. And uh, mm-hmm. the, hey, we're putting out new content for the crew too. So who cares about that, bud? Uh, mm-hmm. Unless you're invested in that, or Rainbow Six Siege, Trekmania, Brawlhalla, all that kind of stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we got all the new stuff here. And yeah, Ubisoft was particularly hit hard by COVID. They had a slate of games to come out in the fall and early 2021. And most of those got delayed. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, three of these games on this list were three of those games that were supposed to come out early this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them is or all three of them coming out about a month of each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. uh, Anything here that people we're particularly excited about seeing one of them got leaked perfect. by Nintendo. Yeah. Because <laughs> the grand tradition of the previous game also got leaked pretty early. Yeah. So it was in a confusing state where people were like, why is Mario have guns? Yeah. What mm-hmm. kind of stupid game is this? And then people actually saw it and like, Oh, this looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So for me, a um, couple of couple that stood out for me, uh, the rocksmith plus. Yeah. Looks very interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, they have an app now, so you don't necessarily have to have a cable to attach to it.
1: Yeah, I think to. I think there's no buy-in as far as the, ga- as far as yeah. the game goes. I the think it's a goes, sub. So, yeah. It's, it's like when you want to do now. some
0: stuff, you can subscribe
2: for a while.
1: Yeah. Yep. So that ah. makes a lot of sense. You can uh, use your phone as a mic, so you don't need it. Nobody, like you said, you don't need a cable. It will still work with the cable if you got it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so that's but cool.
0: like the, the Rock Band cables for Xbox, they're hard to come by.
1: Yeah, so well, uh, there's been so that, that That data's out now
0: if you have the means of actually doing
1: that. Yeah, yeah. so I don't have a yeah. phone, so can't really do that. But yeah, uh, apart from that, uh, Riders Republic looked pretty amazing. I gotta say. Yeah, uh, so that one. That was a weird trailer
0: because it was like, you could do anything, whatever. Oh, fuck, buy the game, please. Yeah, <laughs> so we don't
1: know what kind of game it is. Just play it. It, yeah. it looks
0: like if you somehow they tried to extend the Trackmania nonsense into a game that is just all kinds of extreme sports yeah uh and then just oh. let people be online i think it is all ghosts yeah. with the other characters because i saw uh the trailer again a second time and saw some clipping between them yeah uh, so i don't think it's necessarily the chaos of having 60 players in the same space because as yeah, that a would be racing impossible. game fan, Phil, you know exactly how that goes bad. So yeah, people up front just take a bad turn, and yeah. everybody else is completely screwed. Yeah, and you have a which nice has its own of... fun, but mm. you know, and this game why. seems to, like built around that, but mm. more in the sense mm. of you can have like weird bikes and vehicles and shit. It's like, oh, yeah, this it, it not, kind of this reminds me fun. of
1: the concept of like uh, the uh, the X Games only like done well. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it and uh the last one that i'll mention is uh uh avatar frontiers of pandora um we have no idea what this game is going to be uh but i'm fairly certain it's going to make a lot of money uh Mm -hmm. with the uh with the film coming up i think next year so yeah Yeah. i think think
0: the game is more likely to hit than the movie
1: yeah if the movie gets delayed again which is yeah highly likely So, but yeah, the, um, the
0: dev for this is the division dev,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so I assume it's open world, the, that's what Frontiers of Pandora seems to suggest.
1: Yeah, it yeah. seems to be to
0: explore a big space as these blue aliens, yeah, fighting yep. mechs and shit
1: mechs yep. and then you know, Soldiers for and all that kind of stuff. And it's
2: it's it's Avatar, you know, yeah. if you've and seen the movie, you know what you're in for. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it's their first game that's only on the new consoles and PC.
2: Yeah, uh, so that's. I actually hope that this game turns out to be worth something because that first game actually got hyped a lot uh,
0: yeah.
2: when the movie was coming out, and it ended up to be. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was a movie game. Yeah, yeah. it turned out to be just another movie game,
0: yeah. like the movie. It was just, hey, it's 3D. What is this? Yeah. And then, for, the so, record, so.
2: I actually, for the record, I actually really do like the first Avatar movie a lot. Hmm. Um, the only know, Avatar movie because yeah, they keep so going to yeah, yeah, but I do like that, that movie a lot in spite of some of the rather obvious flaws that it has simply because, you know, I mean, it's it's still James Cameron. And yeah. even even a bad James Cameron movie is still a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, just like it's True Lies, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that so. movie is a steaming hunk, and it's still a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Honestly, though, other than that, and Rocksmith, and the Mario and Rabbit game, ain't really nothing much that stood out to me. But honestly, I mean, again, we still see no Beyond Good and Evil sequel either. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Funny. it's
1: funny that they didn't even mention it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wait. think that and Skull and Bones are kind of the games where they're like, "We're gonna say up front, these aren't gonna be coming anytime soon."
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, Skull and Bones got delayed an absurd amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. To like next fiscal uh, uh, fiscal year. Yeah. like 2022 to 2023.
2: So. Yeah. yeah. For the record, I mean, they they freaking and first started talking about Skull and Bones like not. Too long after the release of Assassin's Creed Four: Black Flag, and that was Yeah, that was, 2017? Yeah, that yeah. was like a generation. That was a generation ago.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Skull and Bones was basically like j- just the uh, the, the shift fights in Black Flag, so it was supposed to be born from that and eventually evolved into its own thing. But like they, they they've shuffled through like three directors now, so like that game has yeah. absolutely no direction, and I have no idea what to expect out of it. Like it's gotten to the point where that game is pretty much uh, you know, the Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, will it come out? Is it gonna matter? Stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Sea of Thieves probably did a number on that game. Mm. Uh I don't know what exactly the scope was of it. It didn't seem like it was was like a an open world survival kind of thing. It seemed like mostly you're focused on you know raiding with your boats. Yeah. Getting into boat fights and such. maybe they think like, maybe we need more.
2: And that's just yeah, like a
0: multiplayer thing.
2: Yeah, I actually, I do agree with you. I do think Sea of Thieves had a big influence on it, mostly because, I mean, and, uh, for the record, we've seen what Sea of Thieves has done, like, as far as, you know, staying power, which is kind of hanging on by a thread. Because let's be honest, unfortunately, as much promise as that game had, there's not a whole lot there. Um Yeah. Beta uh, which we're actually going to talk a bit of, a more about Sea of Thieves a little later, but... Yeah, um, yeah. but like, other than that, uh, nothing from Ubisoft really got me, so...
0: Yeah, how about you, Dan Yeah, the thing about
4: Ubisoft is that, you know, they already, like, mentioned that they wouldn't be talking about my most anticipated game, which was Prince of Persia, because that game got delayed to 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a feeling that Beyond Good and Evil wouldn't be there, but it's it's kind of weird knowing that you know, Splinter Cell is going to get a Netflix TV show, but we're not going to mention Beyond Good and Evil at all, because I think out of all of of Ubisoft's IP, um, Beyond Good and Evil probably has the most potential as far as really exploring that background lore. And it's it's, it's really unfortunate. So I have no idea where that game is. Um, Then again, like, you know, Ubisoft is going through all sorts of different kinds of trouble right now in regards to, like, you know, what's, what, what, what's been going on behind the scenes and, and all that in addition to COVID. So it's just been weird. And, uh, um hasn't really been saying much either. Um, anyway, all that being said, um, I thought the, the, the flow of the presentation was actually pretty good. Um, <clears throat> my main, uh, my main, uh, complaint is the fact that, uh, they showed very little in what was basically an hour and like, you know, as as cool as all these games were i don't think they really warranted like 10 minutes of attention per per, per game um i kind of get it with uh, games like rainbow 6 extraction and uh far cry 6 and red republic because those games are uh, coming up uh, really soon um uh, but yeah as, uh, aside from that the games that really stuck out stuck out was um <clears throat> for me it was far cry 6 um i actually have zero background with any of the far cry uh, games but uh Giancarlo uh, Esposito is one of those people that pulls me in no matter what project he's doing and um you know like we all we always think of him as a bad guy and obviously as a fake dictator he's going to be bad again but like he's really good at being one of those guys that you know you agree with his mean with his means and it it it's, it's no different with uh, Far Cry 6 either and I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that game and hopefully hopefully finishing it cuz i rarely ever finish first person games but um yeah um aside from that uh riders republic is a game that i cared nothing about when it was first unveiled uh earlier this year or late last year and um now i'm 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 totally in even though like we don't really know what it is as a whole um my main uh my main concerns are going to be whether like any real time are, are is going to go into like each facet of gameplay. Like, is is snowboarding really going to be that much different than biking, and things of that nature? Because like this can this can really be like something really really cool, or it can be something really basic, like you know Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, where all those games just uh, play cruddy. Um, I'm I'm going to assume we're going to go for the former here, and uh, hope hopefully it's good. But the thing with Ubisoft is, um, as experimental as they are with new IP. Um, they rarely ever hit it right away with the first game. So, we'll see. But hmm. yeah, aside from that, I thought it was a pretty good presentation.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, Far Cry 6 seems interesting, but I'm also in a weird state of those games. I like the idea of playing them, but not necessarily actually going through with it to a degree. I have, like, the most I've played of any of them was the Far Cry 3 port on the, the last-gen consoles, the PS4. All that, which is a kind of a buggy port. Uh, it's crashed on me a couple times, uh, which is annoying, but also uh, still kind of fun and haven't be less of an Ubisoft open world game at that point. They hadn't really gotten that far into doing that. And more so because they announced this weird season pass with like Far Cry 3, 4, 5 villains in it. Uh, and especially that it the, seems they're going to be doing like a remaster of Blood Dragon. Uh, for the new consoles, it's sort of the, the free thing you get with that game. Uh, sort of like they had Far Cry 3 with, uh, I think it was with 5, if you get that, if you bought that. Uh, but also, it's, I think it's on sale now for 3 bucks on yeah. PSN, so you don't need to invest that much money into it. Yeah. Uh, but Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope is the probably the most exciting thing here, because that first game was pretty cool. I ended up bouncing off of it just out of having a bunch of stuff to play. So, I need to get back into that because that luckily it's not coming out anytime soon, be sometime next year, who knows when. Uh, But I have all the DLC and all that because that's uh, the only Mario thing on the eShop that will be in any way cheap uh, fairly regularly uh, because you can get that whole version bundle that has all the DLC and such uh, for like 15 or 20 bucks on the eShop. And so, that's pretty good for a game that is basically what if Mario. Uh, was in an XCOM game with a bunch of weird rabbits and other Mario characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was fun that it got to show off what they were doing here, which is basically like, hey, what if we inject a lot of Mario Galaxy stuff into this uh, series? Uh, the rabbits, uh, the random rabbits, are just like stuck in those little star dudes mm-hmm. from that. Uh, so they're just. Weird versions of those, which were already kind of weird because you just fed them stars uh, until they did whatever you wanted with them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was weird. Uh, but then you have Rosalina as a character, at least in rabbit form. Mm-hmm. They hinted at other characters being in the game as well, so curious to see what that is. Yeah, You'll get towed somehow as a playable mm-hmm. character. Uh, for as weird as uh he is. Mm-hmm. maybe daisy as well. So I don't know, but uh that's pretty neat cuz uh one of the few big switch games here cuz there hasn't been a ton of switch stuff up to this point. Uh, especially not until we get the direct on Tuesday. Uh but that was kind of it. It's a it's a pretty decent show but it was very much a show of talking about things that we knew were happening. You know, mm-hmm. new Just Dance, new uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, which was called Quarantine, and then changed because an actual quarantine happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rider Republic, you know, Far Cry Six, like Mario and Rabbits, and Avatar are surprises. But also, we knew they were probably going to do another Mario and Rabbits at some point. And the Avatar thing was a like uh, a small thing that people knew was going to be happening at some point.
5: Mm-hmm. But obviously,
0: also being like a next gen only game is. Yeah. Uh, a pretty interesting wrinkle in being the one more thing on this show. So that's that uh, for the Ubisoft thing. Uh, move on to Devolver Digital, which was uh, a pre-tape thing. Mm-hmm. Just a basically one long skit making fun of how everybody has a subscription service of some kind yeah, uh, and microtransactions and all that kind of shit. So they announced their Devolver Max Plus Pass mm-hmm. as their... Their whole thing, which is a free subscription service of that you have to pay for the items on it, as they call it here, a no no cost subscription service for top tier consumers that unlocks access to dozens, possibly hundreds of dozens of premium purchases available only to the most important users. Oh. You know, being a very absurd, uh, silly showcase, one filled with like chili dogs that people were obsessed about eating. Uh, all kinds of weird shit, but they uh, showed a bunch of uh, interesting indie games. Uh, anybody have anything here that they saw that looked neat to them?
4: I just, I just wanted to say that uh, as soon as this presentation was over, I uh, drove to Wiener Schnitzel, and the drive-through line was the longest I've ever seen. I don't know <laughs> if that <I> was the <laughs> for presentation. It probably isn't because nobody watches that. But holy fuck, I, I really wanted a hot dog and I couldn't get one, so <laughs> that was, um. But uh, that aside, and I'm not kidding, by the way, Um, that aside, honestly, um, game wise, I wasn't really impressed with really anything except for Shadow Warrior 3, and I doubt I'll ever be be playing that game because it just looks better on PC. And Mm -hmm. um, Death's Door looked interesting, but it also doesn't look like a game I'll, I'll, I'll finish. And I think the other one was Demon Throttle, but that's a physical exclusive, and I don't know how much they're charging for that one. So. It's weird. Devolver is a is a. Uh, first of all, we have a good relationship with them. Like uh, anything we want, they give us. Uh, so so they're awesome. Uh, I just don't really want anything from this. Aside from that, though, the actual presentation was uh, the funniest thing I've ever seen, seen them put on. Like they're known for doing this kind of stuff, and this was by far the best one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just an update to that. It looks like on the, uh, the site they're selling these versions. It's thirty bucks. For the, like, basic package. For the 40 For 40? Demon or Demon Demon Tottle? Tottle. And that's like, 40 bucks for You're a honest. special version. I'm not sure what comes with that.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, they call it a True Collector's Edition. I don't know what else comes with it, but that might be something they announce at a later time. Uh, but yeah, that's a whole part of a weird new label called Special Reserve Games. Uh, they're making physical indie games. That are not going to be available digitally. Mm-hmm. Or at least a part of their whole thing. How does that help them?
4: Have... That's, that's, that's weird.
0: Uh, they make stuff for the weird physical people. Yep. Uh, that's the bulk of it. Seems like this might be just a Devolver uh, label. Because mm-hmm. all their other games are on here, but not as part of Special Reserve games. Oh. Obviously I like, I've, I've always been a physical over a digital person
4: but like when I think about an indie game I never yeah. think about physically owning it and like mm-hmm. some, of the, some of the indie ones I have are, for example Hades like you know I bought it because I really like the digital version and I really wanted to have it physically. but like that's always, always been my mentality and it'll be tough to crack it especially at $30 but I I guess we'll see
0: yeah I don't know what the hell is going on with this so I got two different versions I don't know yeah, like the part game
4: of just, is... part of the reason why indies blew up is just because it's so easy to find them. And you know, in, in a yeah. store, I don't think that'll be the case.
0: Yeah, though if it's an online only thing and they maybe make them as they get orders, they don't really necessarily have to worry about you know stock, that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I'm curious what the model is behind that. But assuming they sell uh, a decent amount, you know, it's probably not as risky as like a big budget game, but I don't know. But yeah. Phil, anything here that looks to pique your interest? Did you uh, got to see from, any of it?
1: Uh from Devolver, I didn't really uh check that one
2: out, honestly.
0: Okay. Uh Brandon, anything
2: that you checked out? Uh not really, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
1: Devolver was kinda of one of the ones that kind of slipped by the wayside for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind
0: of the weird part of this whole setup of shows is that Unless you were paying a great deal of attention, you may have easily missed some of this stuff because oh. uh, there's enough space between some of these shows. Uh, maybe some days only had like a couple of shows you could easily miss things, yeah uh luckily, you know you can watch them again on YouTube and all that, so not too hard to catch up, but
4: yeah, and uh, just just to remind the listeners, like uh, the shows that we're covering today aren't even all of them uh there were a whole bunch there was day of the Dead's, which we briefly talked about but we didn't completely cover and there was a lot of good stuff there along with a uh, wholesome uh direct which in my opinion was the best thing shown so far uh because like they focused on games that you know hardly have any killing in them and in fact there are a lot of kitties so uh that was pretty cool but yeah so like D- devolver digital is like one of those uh, one of those that uh happens every year so that that's one of the reasons why we didn't skip it and yeah, then the yeah. other thing is um there was Koch Media yesterday, and that was the worst thing I've ever sat down and watched. So, again,
0: we don't have to cover everything. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the Del- Devolver shows are pre-taped, and they're all about making fun of press conferences, yeah, uh, and buzzwords in the industry because they just mm-hmm. hire this group of actors and writers that just does this kind of weird shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. For me, looking at some of these games, uh, there are definitely a couple here that are interesting to me. Uh, Phantom Abyss. I was describing this to Dan Reb and uh, the others that we had on that show. Uh, it is a first-person uh, roguelike. Uh, we are going into these uh, procedurally generated temples. And the whole caveat is that uh, if you die trying to run this, that's it. You can never try it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you die, people on your uh, friends list will see your ghost sort of running through the temple. Uh, your main uh weapon here is kind of just a a whip that you can use as like a grappling hook. Uh, a theme yeah. we saw a lot of is, hey, there's this game and it has a grappling hook for weird reasons. Uh, even if it's a multiplayer first-person shooter, somehow you can throw out a uh, a grappling hook while you're holding a gun.
2: Who knows,
0: oh. but uh, this one it seems like you're very much like an Indiana Jones type of uh character uh you're running through these, and you see ghosts of other people uh probably friends or just others and you kind of see what they did and maybe you even see what they didn't do so well uh but if somebody actually manages to get to the end, get the treasure and get out uh there's oftentimes a uh, a big guardian somewhere that uh if oh. they catch wind of you will start chasing you to add to the the danger of what's going on hmm. uh and so if somebody manages to get the the treasure and get out a temple is beaten nobody else can even attempt it at mm. that point uh which as far as like procedurally generated you know content that maybe would happen anyway
5: yeah
0: uh, if depending on how much variety there is because i imagine there are probably plenty of seeds to have content for as long as anybody wants to play this game yeah but it seems like the way they have it set up is that uh, enough of these temples will have enough attempts at it that somebody will eventually sort of learn from the others and get all the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like a game where it's like, oh, there's a finite amount of content mm-hmm. that is feasibly able to be completed so that the game is useless.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, but it's a, it's a neat concept of there is one ultimate attempt at this uh, temple. And that is the person that beats. Them.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a pretty cool way to kind of do all that stuff.
1: Yeah. it's also like, um, you know, for the person that does beat it, it's kind of like bragging rights. Cause you know, they are the only person in the world that will ever beat that temple.
0: Yeah, and I assume it'll have some sort of profile thing. Like here's the temples you've beaten.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so the best people probably have plenty of them in there. Yep. Others maybe have their one and be like, yeah, I did it. Hmm. It would be cool if they have like a replay of sorts because they're keeping track of these people you know, running through the temple, yeah. At least, so hopefully, you get to see your run in some form. Uh, I can definitely see this game having the worst uh,
4: achievement list ever,
0: so. yeah. yeah. I think right now it's just coming to Steam early access here on June 22nd, so mm. it'll at least be something of that sort uh, for the time being. The other game I saw that was pretty interesting was Inscription. Which is from the creator Pony Island. Which, if you know that game, that is a game that is kind of like, uh, what is it? This is not a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whereas a game about an ultimate uh, entity in this world that wants you to, wants to fuck with you constantly. Uh, except in Pony Island, it's the devil. Mm. is like infesting the game uh, and fucking with you all the way. Uh-huh. But uh and you've tried and figure out all the ways to get around it, uh to fuck them over and all that. And it's a fun little game in that instance. Uh and this is sort of maybe not so much in that vein, but it's kind of a uh a tabletop uh deck building kind of roguelike to it. A little bit like Hand of Fate, if any of you played that, uh where you're kind of building up this deck, uh laying it down, you kind of uh, creates, like, action areas where you gotta kill enemies of you know, whatever kind of cards you lay down for it. Uh, if you can beat that, you get, you know, money and other things you need to uh, keep progressing and buy new stuff and whatnot mm. to it. But it also has, like, a horror aspect to it of, you know, whatever entity might be uh, across from you as you're playing this thing, uh, fucking around with you, as well as, like, escape room type stuff in there. Uh, it seems like a neat little game that is going to uh, do whatever I can to fuck with you. And that's uh, a pretty neat because is kind of this dude's thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's supposedly out sometime later this year. That seems pretty neat. Mm. It has a nice style to it as well. So, uh, if There's one thing about all of these shows is that if you're into indie games, there are a shit ton of them being shown off seemingly every day. Yeah. So even if like this slate of games from Devolver isn't really your thing, it's like maybe it will be when you get to see more of it as they come out. Yeah. Uh yeah. or maybe you just watch some of these other shows and you're like, Okay, here's, you know, eight things that are now my jam and I'm looking forward to. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there's a shitload of indie devs out there and they're making all sorts of content. Oh yeah. For a variety of people. So that's kind of the the cool thing about the way this year's show is set up there's more avenues for indie games to get spotlights. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, there's always like five or six
4: every year, like that, that crank some, some big sites, top 10. And so it's always fun trying to figure out which ones they are. And even then, like maybe you'll like a certain one that, you know, not everyone really, really knows about. And like, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the pride, like of finding which ones really speak to you. So, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah. So that's uh devolver, the weirdest show. Yeah. Of uh, the day of the week. Uh as far as the the publisher exclusive ones.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh but yeah, let's get to the big show for today. The Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. As me and Phil called beforehand, like they're probably only going to show Game Pass stuff here or make it the vast majority, which as far as I can tell from the list I have written up here, there are mm-hmm. only two games that aren't. Uh, uh, going to Game Pass, so they are in uh, non Game Pass Hell here on this mm. list. And uh, one of them game is pass a
1: technicality because it's an EA game, so
0: yeah. Well, I don't have that in there, I have it on the Game Pass part, yeah. It's hidden in here somewhere,
1: yeah. That I see is. it down there, it's yeah.
0: uh, uh, but in non Game Pass Hell, it's just Far Cry 6, which we don't need to go to because we already talked about it. They had this on three different shows so far yeah. this weekend. Yep. Uh, at least in what they showed was different each time because the yeah. summer game fest was, Hey, Jim uh, Carlos in this, he's pretty cool. Let's talk to him about the bad guy he's playing. And then he told Jeff Keeley like he's not actually a bad guy. So mm. shut up. <laughs> uh, but then, okay, go ahead and call me a bad guy. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and then, the Ubisoft one was just like, "Hey, here's uh, a story trailer, and then here's the season pass stuff."
3: Yeah,
0: and then the the game, pa- uh, the Xbox showcase was more gameplay stuff. Yeah, uh, so a variety of things there. Uh, and the other one was Diablo II Resurrected, yeah, which doesn't need to go on Game Pass because it's a Blizzard game.
5: Yeah,
0: of a game people have been saying they wanted for a while, and yep. they're saying, "Shut up, we're giving it to you." So that's happened and I played the the beta on the Battle Nets a while ago when they did that. And that seems like a pretty solid game. Yeah. Uh also very much made it obvious to me how much Path of Exile's ripping that game style off. Yeah. Um,
1: Like completely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like the exact same inventory system and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh and it's neat to kind of pop the uh, the old graphics up and on. Mm. I wasn't sure if the I don't think the controller offered that as a an option on it at that point. No, but that probably changes with the the launch here on September twenty third. So yeah, in a few months. Yep. Yeah. For all the all the PlayStations, Xboxes, and BattleNet.
1: Mm. Oh.
0: BattleNet, the home of Crash Bandicoot. For, for some, some reason. reason. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, But yeah, let's, everything else here is on Game Pass. Uh, Some that is weird, but uh, let's let people uh, start talking about what's piqued their interest the most here. Okay,
1: so I'll go first, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So I'm going to, like, exclude the ones where they really didn't show anything. Um, So, you know, Starfield, that's gone because, like, they showed a. (laughs) CG story trailer. And that's mm. basically about it. Uh, so uh, and con- Contraband, there was one uh, from uh, from Avalanche that looked, didn't show anything, but it's an Avalanche game, so I'm interested in it. Uh, but apart from that, uh, let's see, what did we see? Well, 12 minutes still looks good. So yeah, kind of looking forward to that. else uh, we got in here? Because this is a very long list. Yeah. yeah. I'll skip over the most. It's like 30 games.
0: games or so.
1: Yeah. Like 30 games. Okay. Party animals. That just looked insane. Uh, yeah. Kind of yeah. looking forward to playing that. Cause it's, it looks like the ideal game pass type game. It's like kind of the stuff you might not try normally, but because it's part of your subscription, you might give it a go. Yeah.
0: So very much has the, the aesthetic of a uh, gang beasts or, uh, uh, something like that, where she's like, it's kind of just all about fucking around with people and like, physics and that kind of stuff yeah to it.
1: Oh, so there's that uh next one well hades yeah well that game's been out for a while so it's just yeah. coming to game pass soon uh the other one that's uh, kind of interesting to me is uh shredders because uh, it's, it's like a pretty interesting snowboarding game so yeah. be interested to see what that's uh gonna end up being like um atomic heart was one that uh it looked really weird so yeah, I'm interested very Russian. Yeah.
0: When I looked up where the developer was from, yeah. I was like, oh, Russian. Okay, that makes everything make <laughs> more
1: sense. Yeah. So and it makes a lot more sense. Uh, but apart from that, um, not a whole heck of a lot. I mean, we saw that, like, just the insane trailer for The Outer Worlds 2, which, uh, yeah, it was basically a trailer making fun of trailers. Mm-hmm. So... This is this seems like yeah. it seems like obsidian thing to be honest, <laughs> it's it's really grounded
0: where all they had to show was a logo yeah, like this could have been a ten second trailer,
1: yeah, had the same exact effect they they stretched it out, so uh yeah, yeah good on them for that and uh yeah that that's kind of pretty much it for me. I mean, we saw the usual suspects like Forza and uh Halo Infinite, and but to be fair, Halo Infinite did look better the, this time than it did the last time we saw it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I still didn't really show much of the, the campaign stuff. No. It's just no. a CG trailer and, like, oh, yeah, there's also multiplayer. Yeah. So. And that's free to play. Yep. Still know mm-hmm. how it's going to be offered to us. If it's, I assume it's going to be broken up like Crackdown 3 was. Mm-hmm. The, the campaign is a, a, launch, a launcher and then the multiplayer thing was a launcher.
1: Probably. So.
0: Which was weird.
1: Yeah. That's that's kind of it for me. It's like those are the ones that kind of stood out. I mean, they had a lot, and I really appreciate the variety of stuff that they had in there. Yeah. Um, So I can't really fault them for that, but that's kind
0: of it for me. All right. How about you, Brandon?
2: Well, obviously the one that I'd been looking forward to was Starfield, and I kind of expected that they were probably going to throw a full shot trailer on us, and that's exactly what they did. (laughs) Mostly, though, I just... Okay, so for those who don't remember, this game was first shown, like, way back, I think, 2023, when uh, they were showing off Fallout 76, and they basically put this out there just to try and convince people, look, we haven't given up entirely on single-player experiences, and here's proof.
0: Um, Yeah, because I think it was basically, like, Fallout 4 had come out, they mm -hmm. put out their content by that point, I think. Then announced Fallout 76, and that wasn't technically a Bethesda Game Studios thing. That was the Austin studio. Mm -hmm. And so Todd Howard was basically like, Yeah, there's that, but we'll also show you what our next game is, and then the next one after that, which was Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6. And both are basically nothing but logos. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's kind of the I think that kicked everybody into constantly wondering. When are they going to show it next? Yeah. yeah.
2: And this was the time they finally said, all right, we're going to actually show it to you. Yeah. Well, at least show you some content related to it that isn't just a logo. Um, and Todd even said, like, it's Skyrim in space.
0: Which, hey. Skyrim is a huge thing. Yeah. Also, I'm like, are you guys kind of just selling yourselves short? Because they're also like, oh, it's the 10th anniversary of Skyrim. There was oh, like okay. oh no are they announcing another version of that? <laughs> Cuz it's like we got yeah. enough versions. Um we got the one you can play on your Amazon
2: Echo or whatever. Yeah. So but, but yeah, um but yeah, so they actually showed and like eh, for what the the trailer suggests it seems to suggest that like I said, yeah, it's Skyrim in space and I'm like that's cool. Yeah. Um they're kind of going for a more sort of hard sci-fi bet, at least by vis- by the visual, yeah. um, by the visuals they're going with, which seems to, going to be interesting. Like, how are they going to uh, implement that into a Skyrim sort of game style? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of questions because,
0: well, this isn't coming out anytime soon. Well, well they committed to 11-11-22. Yeah. yeah Which is 11
1: years after the Skyrim release. So
0: Yeah, and it's a year and a half away. Yeah. yeah. It's they they basically did the movie thing of like announcing a date. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they're hoping to be done before that so that they can maybe polish it and have it ready in time.
2: So this is a best game we're Bethesda talking event. about
1: here. It's going to yeah. launch broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just going to It's kind of how that's going to work.
2: It's going to launch <laughs> broken and it's going to have a bunch of bugs and glitches out the gate. They're yeah. probably going to spend the next few months patching over. Yeah. Like, I remember when Skyrim first came out, and holy shit, that game was buggy as fuck. Mm. It was talked about in the way that Cyberpunk was talked about.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a game that's they knowingly released buggy, and somehow Microsoft and Sony, you know, allowed to release which is because they knew it would make a shit ton of money and they didn't want to be the console that didn't have it. Yeah, We weren't at a point where you could sell that stuff digitally yet, Mm -hmm. so they couldn't pull a Sony and say, we're pulling this from our digital store, but if you want to buy retail, sure. Whatever.
2: Um, So other than that, the other big one was Psychonauts 2 because I played and loved the original Psychonauts. And that's soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that got delayed a lot too, so definitely should be coming out in the yeah. near future.
3: Yeah. yeah. That was
0: supposed to be last year, I think, and got pushed oh. and was like, I'd rather than take their time.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. That, um, the original game was not one that was treated too well by Microsoft.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So ironically, they're the ones that help get the sequel out.
2: Yeah. Uh so the other big uh Brandon thing that I was looking forward to was again Atomic Heart. Because the game is Soviet as fuck. Yeah? What? Restart whatever game you're talking about here. Oh, yeah. Uh, The other... Another game that I was really looking forward to uh, that showed up here was Atomic Heart. Mm. Okay. Uh, Because that game is Soviet as fuck. Like, if you've seen the recent trailer, it even opens up with a giant statue of Lenin, Like...
5: Yeah.
2: Just waving at you. It's like, hey... Welcome to the Soviet Union, shit's <laughs> fucked. Um, yeah. And I love how they've just sort of embraced this whole idea of like a diesel punk Soviet Union, Yeah, and it just looks great, um, yeah. and I want it to be good so bad, <laughs> um, and hopefully it will be. Yeah. Um, the other one that really got me, of course, was probably for the reason everybody else did, which was Outer Worlds 2 because they basically did a whole trailer whose sole purpose was to shit talk about other trailers. <laughs> like yeah. speci- specifically about how trailers are, are emotionally manipulative, how they basically bullshot everything. There's a creature that shows that it looks really awesome. And then they said, yeah, you'll never see him again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: It was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, the only other game that really got me was the news for Sea of Thieves, and that's because, well, Jack, Sparrow. eggs, Jack Sparrow's poking his ass into it. <laughs> yeah, hmm. that's out pretty soon here.
0: About yeah, we can. Yeah, so uh, Daner, how about you?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, every year during E3. Microsoft finds itself in this position where, um, you know, they're, they're pretty much the consumer-friendly uh, company now as PlayStation continues to be more estranged, yet they somehow keep having the, I mean, I'll just say it, they, they, they've had the superior content for a very, very long time now, and it seems like Xbox has been playing catch-up this entire time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they've finally turned the corner here with an, with an E3 presentation that actually makes me excited to own the current Xbox system.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: like as we know like the, the the xbox one as you know as successful as it was it it wasn't anywhere near the xbox 360 and in my opinion it wasn't like the the best use of my money i mean i bought it for scale bound and we never got it so um that will always be the killer app uh title to me like if it ever came back like that'll like inspire all my confidence again but um all that said like yeah microsoft is once again at a position where they can really you know Put a dent into um, whatever's happening now, and you know, with with Xbox Game Pass, that's that that that's going to be their ticket. Um, we we're learning about uh, uh Microsoft trying to add their apps to smart TVs, you know, having having their own Roku option and things like that. And I think that all really helps. Um, the, the main thing that they have to fight is like internet infrastructure all over the world. But you know, who who knows where that'll be? So so for now, it's just going to be their console content and. Uh, for what we have here, um, as Phil said, we have a really uh, uh, diverse lineup with a lot of, um, of a variety here. And that's the main thing I'm looking for. Because Xbox has always like ridden on the coattails of Halo, Gears, and, and Forza. And I just want to see more. And with the recent Bethesda acquisition and acquisition of other developers, we're finally seeing the fruit of that labor. Um, it all ended with <clears throat> Redfall, which... Um, I don't know like that that one like the, the doesn't strike me as a big one but it was it, it, there, there there was definitely enough there to have people excited. Um as for the games that really hit for me, uh 12 Minutes. I've played that at a preview event like I I forget which one but um I've been waiting years for this game and it's good to finally have a date for it August 19th. Really excited. Uh Psychonauts 2 looked really cool. Um and as I mentioned in the stream, I haven't actually played the original game so I got to get on that. Um Hades is cool. Um but you know, we we already have it on Switch, uh, so you know there's that. And it's on Game Pass, so I don't have to pay for it again. Um, and then there's <clears throat> the real surprise for me was Aiden Chronicle, because uh, we never actually knew what platforms it would be on. And not only did they confirm it on Game Pass, they also confirmed the second game that we didn't know about in Aiden Chronicle Rising, which mm-hmm. looks like more of a um, hack and slash type. Uh, again, yeah. we know nothing about it, but the game looks fantastic. Uh, they're using a similar system to Square Enix's uh HD uh two D graphics. Like it looks like uh, honestly a, a shinier Octopath Traveler, and I'm all about that. Um, yeah. The main thing is though, like they did the RPG version of like just showing uh, how cool the game looks without showing any real content. Like cool, like it, it looks great. Um, the attacks the attacks look cool, but what exactly are the of the of, of the battle system because Switchoden, as great as it is, has never had a good battle system. So um that would like leave me in a little bit of um uh, disparity there, but um we'll see. And um yeah, um I'm uh, again like it all goes back to Xbox Game Pass. And the funny thing is, like the only physical game I have for the Xbox Series X, if you want to call it that, is uh Yakuza like a dragon. So I'm a little bit salty that it's gonna be on Game Pass and it's out today, but um, that also means you know, there's less of a reason for people to try that game out um, Yakuza Like a Dragon is honestly the perfect way to start start out the series and if you don't want to start with that one, every single Yakuza game is available on, on the platform so get into Yakuza um, mm. but aside from that like um, over the years, Microsoft has always had the longest presentation usually the longest and most winded and this one, the, the, this hour and 15 minutes or so went by extremely quickly and this was by far the best press conference they've had
0: yep yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it very, very, much a tight, show very we,
1: mm.
0: Yeah, it was a show that very much you could tell would have been a lot longer with the stage, because the only time you saw humans on a stage was uh, Todd Howard, Pete Hines, and uh, Phil Spencer, and they did their like, you know, their little speech for like a minute or two,
5: yeah. and then
0: disappeared. As for whatever else they had the show and you know, like the Forza Horizon 5 segment would have had obviously a car come on stage and they'd be like, look at this car. Don't you want to jerk off to it? <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of thing. As they dim off what else is in that game, that kind of thing. Yeah. Having whatever dev or director or whatever, come out and talk about their game throughout the show uh, and having more of the execs and Todd Howard uh, sort of on stage to introduce things like not having those guys there constantly and other people mm-hmm. to come talk to you about things like just show the damn trailer. Yeah. Uh, you can just yeah. move on to the next thing. And we, we, you know, we also
4: way. talked about it earlier in the show run, but like, you know, not only do they have this big presentation, but they're also going to give us 40 demos in a few days. Yeah. Right. No one else is doing that. So that,
0: mm-hmm. that's big. Yeah. 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 For me on this show. Uh, some of the stuff is interesting, like the outer worlds too. Cause I, I liked the first game, but it also kind of just lost my interest. Cause it was uh, a game where if you, you know, played like a fallout game and, you know, looked in every nook and cranny to get items and all that, you had more bullets than you would ever need uh, to finish off the rest of the game. And it just got super uh, easy and no real need to worry about, you know, dying or anything. Uh, And it just kind of, the writing didn't carry it as much as uh, I would have liked. So I don't know if that was just because it was their first attempt at something like this as an original game uh, or what. But under Microsoft, hopefully they have more confidence to expand it in the right ways. Mm. But just announcing a logo that exists and like not even a date uh, or time frame for it tells me it's going to be a few years off. It's like, I'll care about later. Same with Starfield. Yeah. It's not coming out for a year and a half and even then we saw nothing gameplay wise so it's like no reason to really care about that. Yeah. Nice that it's they put like a, a movie studio style date on it but it's Bethesda so it can easily get delayed
5: Yeah.
0: and whatnot. They seem to be putting it out far enough ahead to hopefully give them room to land it Yeah, yeah. but that's easier said than done for that
1: yeah. uh, you know they wanted that date though yeah <laughs> just for the, the numericalness of it
0: Hey, guess what you can go eleven, eleven, twenty three. 11 yeah. uh, I don't think nah, will work we'll try well. to but you know yeah. Uh, but yeah the and a lot of the the retail stuff they're getting on day one is a lot of like mid-range stuff that's not really my thing mm. you know Pack for blood's not really a thing I'm interested in uh, I'm not sure what else is on here those in that realm uh but yeah i was like yeah that's okay uh like mlb the show is the only one of those that was my thing and i wasn't going to play it on an xbox controller just, just my muscle memory on that stuff is on dual shocks and dual senses yeah. so that's where i'm playing and guess what i had both for the same cost of the ps5 version
5: yeah
0: because there's cross pro- uh progression hmm. uh, first in the sports genre to do that yeah uh Thank you, EA and 2K, for not doing shit (laughs) uh, on that front. Uh, The company that gets uh, uh, kind of brought into releasing on other platforms a game, they're the first ones to do some of this stuff. Yeah. So maybe Madden and uh, NBA uh, 2K22 do that stuff. We'll see. Mm. Uh, Things that were really interesting for me, like 12 Minutes. That's a game that I've heard a lot of good things about for like the past four or five years when it got shown at a PAX or a GDC back then. Uh, but like an indie game, it okay. goes, you know, the devs go back into their hole, uh, work on it and work on it and come back out. And they're like, okay, this comes out uh, pretty soon. Yeah. So it'd be nice to check it out. Oh. Uh, like the, the new Bethesda games on game pass, not really my thing. Cause I either already own them on steam Because it's like, here's the first uh, two Fallout games and Fallout Tactics. Well, they've given out those games for free on Steam a few times. Yeah, I already got those. (laughs) They've been issued to people already. I don't have to pay a subscription fee to access them. Also, they've changed the PC app. Uh, So it shows day one releases section, not new releases
5: Mm.
0: at the top. So if you want to know what's newly added. Okay, they add one down here. It's like the fourth tier of things. Mm. Uh, that's weird. This one just for the Yakuza series, yeah. just in case uh, they put it in the wrong order. Looks like they got the Yakuza Remaster Collection, which is three, four, and five before zero. People, numbers—they <laughs> exist for a reason. Yeah. It says Yakuza Remaster Collection zero, 6, 3, two, five, six, three, four, and like a dragon's like God. Damn it, you idiots. Put these in order. Uh, Especially because you only have seven games here and somehow you have eight things listed. Because one was a bundle of three of these games. Oh, God. Uh, Other than that, kind of complaining, but uh, it would have been nice if they mentioned the Doom Eternal and Elder Scrolls Online stuff was also for PlayStation. Just as a, say, like, these games exist on other platforms we will support them instead of making it seem like exclusive things. Yeah. Uh, Cause guess what? You bought a company that made multi-platform games uh, and you're upgrading a couple things for the new consoles. Just like throw it out there. Show that you don't care about the console war stuff
3: mm. uh,
0: a little bit. Uh, but Hades is probably the most exciting thing, which is weird. Cause I already have it on PC, but I also want it on a console not a switch. So now I can get it on PlayStation. I already had somebody's like, "Oh, it's on Game Pass. If you have Xbox, it's like, guess what? I can get both for the cost of one." Mm-hmm. Hey, I get it both either way. Yep. The thing I want to know is if it has the like cross progression stuff that the uh, Switch version has. I think the the article on the PlayStation blog didn't seem to suggest it, but I don't know. That might be something they clarify. Yeah, uh, as they get to launch because uh, that would be nice. I can continue my PC version here.
5: Yeah.
0: But it seems like it's also going to have a physical version from Private Division they're partnering with. Yeah. So that's where 2K is getting involved with that. Great. Uh, the new box version has a download code for the original soundtrack. You know, two and a half hours of Darren Korb music, so that's good. 32-page uh, color compendium book booklet of artwork. I assume it's probably the same thing that came with the Switch version physically. Yeah
5: way
0: and yeah you get the both well, the retail and digital ps4 versions include a free upgrade to the ps5 version mm. so you can get that and i think it's already up for pre-order like 30 bucks for that uh, 25 bucks just for the digital version so well worth getting that if you at the very least want uh, uh that darren korb music yeah. i don't think they have it available on their site yet to get it
1: you can okay. get it on Steam though
0: okay because uh, I know the first three of their games have uh, the music you can buy off of there just yeah. for the MP3s, which yeah, I did it. Had it on sale for like 5 bucks each.
5: Yep, they They're got 15 for all
0: that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did they mention here? I have 50 trophies for you, Dan Reb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a platinum. So, plenty of stuff. I assume probably all the same trophies that are on the Steam version <laughs> after <laughs> that. So, probably plenty of challenge there. I don't know what the trophy list, uh, the achievement list looks like on S- Steam, but it's a, it's a pretty hefty list. Yeah, this looks like it's probably the same stuff. One for like completing all the different things. Seems like getting all the little weird little things that happen. Yeah, I'll probably hate it, Danrib, for that reason. Uh but what else here? A Plague Tale Requiem. I loved uh, a Plague Tale Innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is only on the new console, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and it's sometime next year. So I'm excited that they get to come back to that because that, that game did pretty well. And mm-hmm. luckily, that studio didn't get bought up by Microsoft like some people thought because they're also the ones that made Flight Simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people are like, oh, maybe they'll acquire them because there were rumors again that Microsoft would announce acquisitions here. Uh, luckily, nothing really like that happened. So, you don't have to worry about that, but that's also gonna be on Game Pass. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Slime Racher 2, I love the first one. Excited for a second one of those. Yeah. Uh, Deal with some more of these annoying splimes. They're just assholes, which is why you gotta put roofs on these uh, holding cells for them as you harvest these creatures for all they're worth or poop (laughs) that you sell on the market to buy more stuff. So, Mm -hmm. that's a fun little thing. I'm not sure what else here. Maybe *Ayudan* Chronicle, but also it's so far off. Who knows? Yeah. It was kind of weird having that Rising uh, version being announced, like no details really. Yeah, just Just, like the brief description on the the Xbox Wire. It's like, oh, it's an action game, and it's brought to you by a partnership with uh, you know the dev and the publisher and Microsoft. So like maybe it's exclusive. I don't know. Hmm. Uh again, no real details, and I assume people that have backed the game, they'll probably get an email clarifying on whatever's going on. Yeah. Um, I guess Forza Horizon 5 because 'cause I'm not gonna buy it, but I'll get it by uh uh Game Pass and see if it's uh full of uh less stupid stuff as in Forza Horizon four. Mm-hmm. Has more good stuff in there. Uh Seems like they got some more absurd stuff, and they pulled the one good thing from four, which is the battle royale mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. very dumb thing to have in a racing game, but it works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that's neat. And that's the last one's maybe the ascent because that is a, a neat little indie game that is kind of a sci-fi RPG uh, shooter thing. It seems neat, mm-hmm. and it's on Game Pass. It'll be out here in another month or so. I have it uh, preloaded whatever that means for a game that's not out for a while Uh, they put like a little 100 meg file on there and it reminds it to download it later yeah yeah it's a pretty good show uh especially for just having dates on a number of things but there's a lot of stuff here it's just a year
5: yeah
0: or a a period of time that it might happen it's like okay well maybe that'll happen at some and i'll uh, get more interested in it. I guess Somerville's the other thing, because that is a a new studio from the uh, founder or head of uh, Playdead, the people mm-hmm. that made Combo and uh, Inside,
5: yeah. and it
0: very much has a similar kind of style to it as Inside, uh, but its own weird stuff going on, so I'm curious to see that, but it's also coming out next year at some point, and it's vague like Inside was, so yeah. nobody knew what that was until it came out a couple years later, so That's some neat stuff, and this was a pretty solid show, especially because, like I said, there's no stage, so they didn't have to put on theatrics or have to give people the floor to talk about their game Mm -hmm. three minutes longer than they need to. Uh, So that was pretty nice, because we were sitting there like, well, this is about two hours and 15 minutes until the Square Enix show. It'll probably take two hours, and then we'll get a little bit of time to, you know, take a break or whatever before we start the squaring extreme. Uh, But no, they ended like an hour or so after Uh, it was a good, like 45 minutes or so to, to, you know, get lunch or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was pretty nice. Uh, Especially when you're used to, you know, E3 big press conferences would be two hours for a platform holder like this. And they said, Hey, what if we do that? But uh, cut out all the bullshit yeah that's why so it's a lot, lot more digestible it's a lot easier to sit down for like an hour or so than two hours mm-hmm. you know that this thing's only gonna bother you if it's not your thing for like two minutes three minutes maybe yeah uh, instead of like seeing a guy talk for five minutes and then a three-minute trailer you're like oh my god show me something different
1: yeah
0: uh so that was nice and then we got the Enix show which was similar and they cut out a lot of the bullshit uh the mobile segment was their bullshit, but it was over in a few minutes as they just flashed some uh, phone screen-sized mm. uh, screenshots and such at you. Yeah, and you're sure. like, well, I'm not going to deal with that, so whatever. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the the show's pretty nice. They announced a new game from Eidos Montreal, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, They kind of went through a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's seven main things we have here. So, uh, Phil? What did you enjoy about the show? Uh,
1: well, Guardians of the Galaxy, for sure. That uh, yeah. To me, that just that stole the show, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it was a game I had no idea was even going to happen. Uh, but uh, it just it looks like the kind of Guardians of the Galaxy game that I actually have been wanting for years and not really knowing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm yeah, really nice pleased to see that. So I'll probably be picking that up when it comes out. Uh, what else do we have here that kind of interested me? Well, getting some more information on Babylon's Fall was kind of interesting because uh, well, we know it's coming out in twenty twenty two. We know it's a live game, so that's interesting. Uh, and it's uh, kind of a dungeon crawler combat arena game made by Platinum.
0: It has a weird art style to it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like eh.
0: it's like watercolor style, and the textures on the environment looked lower res as a result
1: yeah so. look like
0: an actual good art style that an indie dev would do like a low poly kind of thing to it
1: yeah well yeah. i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because uh over a stream that's that's the kind of stuff that might get lost in compression so yeah uh you know i'll give them the benefit of the doubt and just to actually see it uh, running in person So, but uh, yeah, I'm interested enough in in that one to maybe check it out. If you want to try
0: it out, there's uh, you can go to the website and sign up for a beta. Yeah, try it out, which I did, and it's like, how many betas have you done before? And I was like, like ten plus. And it's like, name them all. I was like, what? (laughs) It gives you a text field. It's like you got 300 characters. Name betas you've been in. It's like, what? I was like, okay. uh, I fill some stuff. Mm. I don't really make stuff up, but I looked at my PSN library. Was like, what stuff doesn't work on a PS5? Okay, those are betas. Yeah, it's like, I'll write that down. It doesn't mm. ask you to explain anything about it. It was good.
1: No, just list it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: It's also like, uh, what timeframes can you do? And if you're maybe signing up for the PC version, like what kind of graphics cards you have and all that kind of stuff. Like,
1: yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, kind of want to know that.
0: But it's also really yeah. weird to see in yeah. a Japanese beta thing.
1: Yeah. And the other one I'll mention was what they kind of ended with was uh, *Stranger of Paradise*, *Final Fantasy Origin*, um, which uh, had the worst voice acting of that particular show. So, uh, yeah. congratulations there. Yeah. Uh, but the game kind of looked—it kind of looked good, kind of looked fun. So, yeah. uh, I'll give that a shot. That's 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 all that really stood out for me. But uh, to be honest, they didn't really have all that much. So. Yeah.
0: It was a pretty quick show, like 40 minutes, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was about 45 minutes.
0: Yeah. Um, How about
2: you, Brandon? Yeah, well, obviously, like, Phil, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, yes, I want that, and I want it now. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just... Like, yeah, that, I had not... I I honestly had not been really craving a Guardians of the Galaxy game at all until they showed that, and then I'm like, what the hell took you people so long? <laughs> um but, yeah, it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, the two Life is Strange announcements, the Life is Strange Remastered Collection, um, which I'm hoping... It, okay, so I played the original Life is Strange when it came out, and, you know, like, I, I played the whole season, and the. Uh, I'm glad that they're going back and they're you know, putting some serious retouches on it because anybody who played that game and, you know, and, you know, I loved it, but I can also tell you, it had some, it visually especially, had some very obvious flaws. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the textures were weak. The character animation was off. The lip syncing as especially was way off. So the idea that they're going back and, you know, re... You know, retouching on all of that and make it as good as it should have been the first time around. I am one hundred percent okay with that. Uh, And then, of course, Life is Strange Two Colors because I'm glad that this franchise is still going. Um, This isn't by Don't Nod though. They're actually Don't Nod's working on another title. Uh, yeah, they're they, done
0: with the franchise, I think, at this point.
2: Yeah, and I love sort of the idea that they're trying to do here. This whole. um, sort of living in a small town type thing, you know? I mean, yeah. I grew up in a small town, you know, you—it's there it, there is a certain feel to it and an atmosphere to it, you know, growing up like that, and this game definitely captures it. Um, And, yeah, the uh, Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, for the worst reason possible, because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think this dude has a problem with chaos. Like, mm-hmm. it might just, it's 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 it it uh call you know, call me crazy, but You
1: get the impression he's not not a
2: fan of chaos. Yeah. No. Um mm. uh, he seems quite anti chaos, I see. Um mm. but on top of that this is Teen Ninja and gameplay wise it looks a lot like uh Neo with Final Fantasy clothing and I can get behind that. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much all me. All right, Daner. Oh yeah, he went somewhere.
0: Mm. Okay, Uh, I'll I'll jump in here. Uh, So yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty surprising. Uh, not really paying attention to any of the rumors that suggest they might be working on that. Uh, So that was uh, nice to see, especially that they went to gameplay and all this kind of stuff to mm-hmm. show you how it worked. Where, you know, you're a uh, Star-Lord. Yeah, uh, a bad haircut that doesn't really fit the character, uh, but maybe it fits his douchey part of his personality mm-hmm. uh, to it. But uh, the idea that you're not really playing as the whole crew, you're playing as Lord, and kind of setting up the others for, you know, attacks uh, that you can kind of direct uh, that works out pretty nicely from what it looks like.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, I don't really necessarily get the who the the villain is in this thing, that kind of stuff. But in uh, the nature of you know having these sort of dialogue choices uh, to annoy or help out other characters, I don't know. This is going to lead to like a Mass Effect style change in story, but it's maybe more just like setting up jokes and because That seems to be uh, a main part of the game, which you know
2: is not a surprise. Well, um. I can't tell you this much. Um... This is going to be uh Game Informers main story for their next issue. Okay. That'll um, be nice to see. they just announced it. But uh yeah, uh pretty much I think part of the reason they gave you Star Lord is because well, Star Lord is by himself a fairly easy and ta fairly easy character to adapt to a game. Simply by the fact that he basically shoots a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um that's his you know, he goes in guns blazing with two machine pistols. That's his whole fucking, that's his whole thing. Um, and he has, like, the the
0: jets on his shoes so he can dart around and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, he has, like, an alt as he puts on his headphones and just shoots people to music. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they got a good variety there, or else you might hear stuff uh, repeat a good bit. Yeah. And also it's a game you can't stream. Yeah, As because a result, of all the license yeah. music, yes. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have anything specific to deal with that, but I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see any details here for that. Uh, but also the nice change uh, up from the Avengers
2: game because it's not you know, a live service game nope. to deal with. Uh, In fact, I think that's the reason they made a point of going into the gameplay because yeah. they wanted it's to point out
0: that you're not playing a loot game that Mm -hmm. is expecting you to maybe play with other people at some point. Uh, Even though, you know, like the Spider-Man game showed like, no, people want to be in a Marvel world uh, with the characters and all that and enjoy all that, that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Now there's to be expected to grind for loot and do raids and all this kind of weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Avengers game does because the, the campaign part of that is pretty good. Uh, it's when you dip into like the multiplayer stuff and you're like, okay, I kind of see why some people would be really into this, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it did well enough that they can coast on that. Yeah, Which is why anyway, i
2: to much content into here. But Yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah, so Dan Reb's back. Dan Reb, do you want to jump in here? Yeah, are we just talking about Guardians or Square Enix as a whole? We're we talking about
0: Enix Guardians Hall, and... Stuff? all the things, whatever you want to talk about.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Guardians was by far the best thing shown at the presentation, and they, they came out guns a blazing, showing it first. Um, and it, it's been rumored for a while that this is exactly what the ADOS team has been working on, so it didn't come off as that big of a surprise, and neither does the fact that, um, you know, they aren't really using any MCU uh, influence, at, at least for the art design. Um, but honestly, uh, this has uh, jumped out near the top of my uh, most wanted list. If 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 Smashpad gave out a um, game of show award, like this is it to me so far, like it, it would get my vote. Um, and yeah, like they showed a lot, and it's it's pretty clear that it's uh, going to be ready for October 26, barring any crazy delay. And yeah. I'm really excited for it. Um, the the main things that I'm gonna look out for is um, whether or not um, we can use more than just Star Lord, and um, whether or not like we can canonically like be able to. Um, use any other character if need be. Like, for example, um, if it was one of those games where we can switch characters on the fly, I don't think it would be all that interesting because like at the end of the day, you're, you're going to have the favorites. And uh, that's not uh, what this 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 main thing is is about, because like um, out of all like the the, the, the team based comic books like Guardians has really shown that like pretty much all of them are important and uh, things of that nature. Um, yeah. yeah yeah uh score Unix as a whole um i thought was pretty good they they probably had the least to show but at the same time um uh, most of them were hitters at least for me and with uh the awkward decision being um final fantasy pixel remaster only being for steam and mobile um i think the rumor there was they're actually going to package them and put them on console eventually but like as for what they showed today that's pretty disappointing and they're they're getting a lot of flack of it on, on it for social media which is unfortunate uh the haters but um anyway so yeah uh Babylon's Fall was a game that I was definitely excited about excited about but like um uh, my heat kind of got turned down like as soon as I found out that it's more of a dungeon crawler um just because like those games aren't really my cup of tea but it's it still looks fun uh Life is Strange Remastered looks interesting I'd only play it to pop trophies and then uh True Colors is a game I'm also looking forward to um and then Stranger of Paradise uh I was hoping to at least have some impressions of the beta but uh I couldn't because it's it, it's not working. Uh, so yeah.
1: it doesn't work. Um, it crashes.
0: Yeah. Um, again, the, the conference is um, a whole thing. Mm. Like, oh, here's the the weirdest thing of the whole show. It's a demo. It's out now, but it doesn't work. It just adds <laughs> to the negativity about that game. It kind yeah. of sicks the whole show for uh, the way the word of mouth is going.
4: Yeah, it's pretty rough. And then I I mentioned it on stream, but um. You know, uh, the Dragon Quest uh, event happened, like, a couple weeks ago, and honestly, any of those events, uh, or any of those announcements, including uh, Dragon Quest III uh, Remake uh, being there, like, would have made this presentation a whole lot better, especially since, like, I don't even know how many people actually really watch that. And, like, you know, E3 is really the chance for your entire team to shine, and they didn't even show that in in the sizzle reel, which kind of sucks. Especially when, like, you know, the, the main developer, Enix, is part of your name. So that's that. That's weird in that regard. But um, aside from that, like as far as like the way the show was presented, um, I I it was probably my uh, second best. Uh, primarily because like uh, it really it really mixed well. Um, granted, Guardians did have a bulk of the time, but it, it was it was the most impressive thing there. So that that doesn't matter to me at all and the main thing is that when once they actually got to the talking heads and the, and the devs talking they actually mixed in some gameplay in between so you don't just see their face all the time yeah. and like you know as somebody that works in the industry like it isn't um it really does mean a lot to like you know um be at the forefront of this kind of thing and like you know show that you know, your your team is important and your your games are important, but at the same time, like it's it's the games that are uh, the reason why people are watching, and it's cool that Square Enix um acknowledged that by putting more gameplay than talking heads there, so yeah. that's cool. And yeah, I'm 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 not really upset about
0: anything except for the Pixel Remaster. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and to keep going on what uh, I was talking about, the the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster announcement was one that we've talked about them needing to do at some point is put out these old Final Fantasy games Mm because they've already kind of done so on mobile. Uh, Though people noticed that I think three and four, which were DS ports uh, were changed uh, a little bit to add 3D remake to the title that kind of gave people an idea that maybe they're bringing the, those like original games to mole or something. Uh but it being Steam and mobile sort of gives me the notion that they're not hundred percent confident in these versions of the games uh because they've released other Final Fantasy and some of their j r p g stuff that were either had like the uh redone graphics, and I think the Chrono Trigger One had like weird bad pixel art in it that was just not the original look
5: yeah. that kind
0: of stuff that they eventually fixed uh months or years later maybe for some of this stuff. Uh, Same as some of the uh, versions of 7, 8, and 9 on uh, PS4 and other consoles uh, where they had like music bugs and all this other stuff that they quietly fixed later. Uh, They're not opposed to releasing some of this old stuff but they often have issues and it's like a 50-50 chance of whether it's actually the thing you want Mm. or if it's some weird uh, annoying version that you have to deal with just because you want the content in it. Mm. Uh, so it's like, hopefully they come out, they're good, and all that. There's just not enough to go on what to expect from that stuff. Yeah. Uh, like a very brief trailer of just like random screens going by. Who knows what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. As they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So hopefully they're better than what they look like. Uh, but I would love a easier way to check out that stuff and not have to do it on a phone. Because mm. uh, that's just not where I want to play those games. Nope. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Like, Get Chrono Trigger on a fucking console, Square Enix. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Shouldn't uh, be that hard. but Apparently. Mm-hmm. You fucked it up before with that PS1 version. Uh, you fucked it up on the PC version. Uh, just put it on the PS4 or Switch and if die roll goes right put it on xbox two whatever mm. uh you know but put them out on the fucking platforms where people want to play them yeah. and i guarantee you you will sell a shitload of copies of that yep because literally the game that everybody says is the best thing you've ever done in jrpgs mm. Not to mention all of
4: the classic uh, Dragon Quest games are on Switch and not anywhere else, and I don't really understand the exclusivity
0: there. So, uh, yeah. Those first three, yeah, even yeah. then those have like a, a slightly different graphical style to them. Uh, mm-hmm. For some of them, it's like, again, Square Enix doing something unnecessary to these things that they don't have to, because the, the, the die did not roll the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the it a fortunate thing there but yeah the, the life of strange for colors i'm looking forward to that i need to beat life of strange 2 uh before then cuz i finished that first ep- first episode uh got weirded out that there was a bug that i couldn't collect the last item to get all the trophies for that and just never came back to it to actually beat it mm. i just came back tried again for that trophy and each time it failed i was like well maybe later and then i eventually got it and i just never finished it so uh, that's kind of weird, but I'm interested in Babylon's Fall, but it's also like a lot of Platinum stuff. It's like, I'll see how it looks later because it, it looks like a game that's still being worked on for a while. Yep. Uh, I signed up for the beta with its weird ass questions of like, how many betas have you done before? And then name them. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out, but I signed up for the PS5 version. So I have to tell them what graphics cards I have in my PC or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, and Stranger of Paradise is in that same uh, thing of like, it seems neat for what it is, but it's pretty rough at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks real dumb, which is not a negative for me. Uh, And it seems like they must know it because the main character there says a lot of dumb things. (laughs) It's intentional and it's you know ninja guide uh the ninja guide devs are not you know uh you know predisposed to do like smart games they they love <laughs> dumb shit in their games that's what they're all about, so mm. I wouldn't put it in uh put it too far uh from them to do that kind of stuff intentionally, and it seems like they've succeeded on that front to get people aware of it in that way mm. maybe not in the way that it gets them to actually spend money, but yeah. they still got time to do that yeah. But it doesn't help they put out a demo that doesn't work.
1: Yeah. I think they got yeah. somebody working on that to patch it so that yeah. it does work. So
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's like because it wasn't technically supposed to go out somehow somebody hit a button early. Maybe. Or what, because the the press release I have here says like, Oh, you need online uh you need to be online to play it. It's like maybe it's bugged in that way or something. There's like you know, it's only available for a limited time until the twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh, weird stuff like that's only in English. Yeah, you need an internet connection to download and play it. Uh, and, and your progress doesn't carry over to the final game, which is no shit. It's coming out a year before. It's
5: mm. not
4: Yeah, it's the, not the, do the download it. thing is like hilarious because uh, one of my friends is actually um, one of the merchandisers for the digital uh, PlayStation uh, Network Forefront for Japan. And uh, she always complains about Square Enix uh, because like they never completely fill out whatever assets they have to do in order to put their games on the store, and uh, it's especially funny to me because like over the weekend, um, when they put up uh, the the, the DLC, um, the American version was mistagged as Chinese, but it was still American,
0: and then now yeah.
4: obviously you have this demo issue. So I'm like, wow, this Koreans just can't get this right.
0: Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's uh it's unfortunate because it makes the uh, the rest of the the show brings it down, but uh, I'm curious to see that game in action because the the pedigree of the people working on it is pretty neat. You know, people were very down on Team Ninja when they you know were working on Neo, uh, at least the final part when they actually got to release the game.
5: Mm.
0: Not that whole part was announced like eight years before. Yeah, uh, like a you know a Dynasty Warriors kind of game, but. Uh, they've shown they can do good work without uh, Itagaki, and hopefully this is more of that. Uh, but who knows? But uh, I would love to see uh, Final Fantasy get to more spinoffs that are actually interesting, because mm-hmm. uh, they've done well. With, you know, Seven Remake, uh, Fifteen was not super great, but had some interesting stuff about it, and Sixteen seems like it's. Gonna definitely push some boundaries. Is more of an action, uh, focus game. Yeah, with the way that's designed. uh So it'll be interesting, especially this is like in the world of the first game, in the series, where you can tell because a lot of the 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 finishers on enemies just turns them into crystals and you just smash them.
1: Mm.
0: That's sure. Okay. And also the, cool. the first game is like the has the least amount of personality to it because it's just very bare bones. Like, we're Japanese, and we like D&D, so let's make a game that's like that. Yeah. Uh, to the point of even making your whole party, like filling out their their character sheets of sort, at least what you could do on an NES. So,
1: uh,
0: but like that in Babylon's Fall, these are not out until next year. So we've only seen what they've got uh, polished up for this event, but there's more time for them to get shown off in... Better What's especially forms. interesting
4: about uh Stranger of Paradise is um how generic the main character looks. I'm like, wow, you guys really spent a lot of money to get Paul Walker in this game. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's like the original Final Fantasy game, those were not necessarily like interesting character designs. They're just no. very basic, you know, warrior mage, you know, designs.
1: Yeah.
0: It was the first of its kind as far as JRPGs, so it makes sense for that time frame and I hope that's why these characters. It looks like a uh, a Western game being made like a Japanese game, like mm-hmm. I said, there's no Westerners involved in this, as far as I know. It's mm-hmm. Team Ninja and you know the the guy that's the head of Final Fantasy at this point, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's weird that you emulate like an early Xbox 360 style of game, where you know they were trying to make Gears of War, but Japanese. Which made no sense and didn't really work in any form. Uh, but it's that kind of vibe which is like at least that's interesting. Uh, hopefully it stays interesting and gets better as they go. Yeah. Instead of maybe heading down a point where it's like oh, nobody's interested in this. And scares the Square Enix team to stop experimenting uh, in this way.
1: Yeah, We'll, we'll see.
0: But we've rambled on long enough. This is the slate we have to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. This is five shows worth. We'll have probably like two or three next week and some highlights from some of the other stuff mm-hmm. uh, as we get some time to actually dip into some of all this other side stream stuff. Uh, but yeah, thank you to uh, Phil, Brandon, and Dan Red for joining mm-hmm. this week. We'll mm-hmm. have uh, you back next week, Phil, if you are interested.
1: Might be. We'll see.
0: Yeah. But yeah, we'll be streaming one more show. I think the Nintendo Direct, I haven't double-checked what the schedule is. I think that's the case because we're not streaming Monday because I've got to work and some of the other people here do, so not really a ton of time for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, no, that's not the thing I was looking for. That's not the thing I was looking for either. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I'm doing really well at this internet thing. Okay, there it is. Okay, yeah, Tuesday. uh, That's technically next week. Okay, there. Yep. That's all we're doing. It's the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Uh, But that'll be a big show because there might be a new Switch. Uh, The insiders have been wrong at every turn on when they're going to show this. (laughs) Uh, Saying on some days, like, oh, it'll be at midnight on the 4th. And then that goes by and like, Uh, I think they've all shut up now because they don't actually know exactly when. They just know that it exists. Retailers have it in their system in some form. Some of them do. It's all weird, but it seems like it's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. I don't know how you do that, but uh, with the the way the the shortage on chips and such for these consoles have been, but Nintendo will laugh all the way to the bank either way. Yep. Either they get you to buy this or you just give up and buy the Switch if you don't have one yet. Mm-hmm. They'll get your money either way. Yep. And yep. all we want to know is what they got coming out this year because yeah. we know some summer stuff and not really much in the fall.
2: Man, I don't know about you, but holiday season is going to be kind of dry this year.
5: Yeah. No. no. We'll see.
0: Uh, <laughs> I controlled F and there's like eight games for September. And go October, there's a bunch there as well. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch in November. Whether they hit, who knows? But there's definitely a good amount of stuff seemingly coming out this year. It's just Yeah. Nobody knows if it they're actually gonna hit. We can talk about it in the future, but I'm pretty sure
4: Horizon is gonna make holiday and it, 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 it yeah. seems far enough along. And uh, you know, whether or not Zelda makes it. It's 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 strange because Zelda always overshadows Horizon in some way, or it's only happened once. But there's only been one game, but yeah. yeah. Plus, uh, Nintendo has has those uh, has three Pokemon games in three months that that that'll, that'll be coming out. So that that's huge for them. Yeah. But um, yeah, like uh, it, it's strange because like with a as as awesome as Microsoft's presentation was, like not a, not a whole lot of it was like stuff that you're really truly going to be excited about this year. Like yeah. honestly all all Nintendo has to do is like make two announcements and they're of uh, stuff coming out this year and they're probably hitting
0: a walk off with E3. So mm-hmm. yeah. they pop a big graphic of like here's what's coming to Game Pass this year. And I'm looking what's Microsoft here. Uh there uh let's see the gunk maybe, but there's no date on that. It's a twenty twenty one, so who knows? Flight samir has been out for months. Psychonauts two, I guess. But it's also mm. coming to the other consoles that's not necessarily Xbox exclusive. Age of Empires 4, that's for weirdos. There's uh, <laughs> Forza Horizon 4 and Halo Infinite, they gave a holiday tag too.
5: Mm.
0: So that might still not hit. Yeah. Forza seems like it's going to hit because it's a Forza Horizon game. They're not really doing anything crazy with it, mm. or they do will look prettier. Uh, and it's got some weird modes, but. Yeah, but if you're into third-party stuff, which most people are, because that's a lot more games coming out from companies, not Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo, than are coming out from them.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so Game Pass stuff there seems pretty good, depending on your taste. Yeah. Uh, but Microsoft stuff is still a little bit a ways away. Yeah. Because so, a lot of this stuff is next year from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the, the whole thing is like, it's going to take a while for them to get their new studios and such putting out uh content for them mm. and at the cadence that they want. So this stuff just takes time and COVID made makes that take even more time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think with that, we will let you all go. This podcast is going on far too long. Yeah. I will be doing very little fine tuning of the editing. <laughs> uh, I was just making sure that uh, there's nothing too bad. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's uh, that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you, everybody, that listens. Let somebody uh, you like or maybe don't like know that the show is good. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter. As long as they listen, you can have whatever kind of relationship to them. Uh, but, yeah, we're on everything. We got an RSS feed that propagates to any – thing that looks for that stuff so it's pretty automatic at this point so yeah thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next time have a good one